My Big Black Fantasy Podcast, Episode 7, starts now. I don't know, man. I've not had sex with a fish. <laughs> Hello and welcome to my Big Black Fantasy Podcast. This is B. We're getting awfully close to football season. You can tell because of hard knocks and training cramp, camp, cramp, camp. I'm joined here with Jay Maddie as always. Yo. And also a special guest is with us. Um, Producer and director extraordinaire Dale Stelly is in the house of Stelly Entertainment, maker of several, several, several movies and many more to come. Dale, how you doing? What's happening, everybody? Thanks for having me today. Yes. So we got a we got a nice crew here. Dog is out. He's in Hawaii, probably searching for that uh, his everlasting search for that bare black bo- blowjob. Yeah, Hawaii. I guess that means no uh, BBJ or cream pie talk today. Uh, Won't we'll, be quite the same. We'll try to keep it clean. <laughs> but I'm wondering. He's gone with his wife, so maybe no bareback blowjob? Maybe he comes back with no wife. That might be true, too. But maybe she makes him wear a condom to wear bareback Well, never mind. So, anyway, like I said before, we're getting close to football season, closer and closer. You can tell because Hard Knocks is on. You can tell because training camp is going on. You can tell because we've had preseason games, and there's a lot going on but the thing that really gets me the most so far this season and i'm infatuated with this and it's because of hard knocks the cleveland browns the cleveland browns but we'll get into that later we always do sort of a check on everybody how they're doing you know day-to-day life before we start with the show sort of our pre-game if you will jay maddie what's going on in your neck of the woods Man, things are good. We got uh, four brand new baby chicks delivered today to replace the one the coon got. Ah. So, uh, so wait, you got you got farm is growing. The, the, did you say that last show? The, the, yeah, say, yeah, yeah. We lost. We lost, We had one casualty of war. Coon got in and, and got one of our baby chicks. So uh, my kids were upset for days. So I had to replace them. Uh, you know, I got, that brings me. I got a dilemma. That you know, last week you had the parenting dilemma regarding <laughs> teaching your your baby girl about sex. Sure. I got a baby, I got a dilemma. So kids today are spoiled as shit. At mm-hmm. least mine are. Yeah. Back in the day, I was not. I know you, you were, you know, you come from a different background. You're probably a pretty spoiled kid, but I was I not. I don't think so, right? but go ahead. You know, we had like one vacation every two years. You know, my kids, they've had two vacations already this summer. A couple weekend getaways. They got jujitsu camp, tennis camp, surf camp. You know, they get everything they want. Toys mm-hmm. on top of toys on top of toys. You know, when I when I was a kid, we had one vacation every two years, and the only kind of summer camp we had was go in the backyard, you know, go in the backyard and mow the fucking lawn camp, or you know, <laughs> go up to grandma's and weed out the garden camp. There was no camps. Sure. So we work hard for our kids to give them a good life, right? That, yeah. that that's why we work. We want to give our kids a better life than we had, and each generation tries to do that. But as kids, each generation live an easier and better life, they become more spoiled and they become less aware of how blessed they are. So last night, two nights ago, I'm sorry, my, my, my boy, he, we're watching a movie and it was getting late. So I wanted him to go to bed because he's getting super tired. He's getting cranky. Mm-hmm. So I told him it's time to go to bed. Sure. He starts throwing a fit, rolling around on the floor, freaking out. And I told him, I'm like, you need to stop that now. Respect what I say. Get up and go to bed or you're going to get spanked. Mm-hmm. Kept doing it. I gave him one more warning. 
And then I spanked the boy, and I spanked him hard. I spanked him in front of everybody, hurt him a little bit, embarrassed him. And I'm not a spanker. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm somewhat against spanking. Um, I don't want to teach my kid that the way to resolve problems is through violence. Um, and also, I, I don't like how it felt. You know, I felt, I, I felt terrible after spanking him. Yeah. But it fucking worked. Oh, yeah. You know, he got his ass in bed. He cried himself to sleep for about an hour. And then the next two days, he's been, you know, a good little boy. You know, that's the first time I've ever spanked him. He's uh, six years old. Sure. So I'm wondering what your take is on spanking. Dale, you have kids? No, just practicing right now. <laughs> there it is. No, what uh, on my end, and this is B. Yeah, let me just say, the last couple of shows, I don't think I introduced myself, but this is B. I think I just <laughs> jumped right into the show. But anyway, um, spanking, or more, more so, the threat of spanking works for kids, and that comes from my generation. I didn't get spanked a lot when I was a kid, but the fact in my head, I knew that that was a reality, kept me straight most of the time. Again, it's situation by situation because my father was 6'3", 220. So it's a a much different uh, set of, uh, you know, scenarios that take place with that. Um, It does work. It works. Right. But what you just said, he was 6'3", 220. Sure. So it was fear that worked. Yes. Right? And it still does. Right. (laughs) But do you want your kids to fear you? I don't want my kids to behave because they fear me. I want them to behave because they're good boys. But I think that turns them into good boys because I think the thing is, is if you have that fear, you, you again, I think you, if they fear you 100% of the time, I think there's something wrong. Yeah. But in certain instances, I think there has to be an element of fear. I, I rarely spank my daughter. I don't, th- and that's part of the reason I don't think our generation is, are good at parents as the, uh, you know, generations past. My my parents were much better parents than I am. You think? Oh yeah. I think I think parents. I think it's like everything else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. They they had it down pat, man. And so, I discipline was part of it. Obviously, um, the threat of that spanking or whatever is very real, and it'll help you later down the line. Right. You're but trying there's, to... there's 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 fear. Sure. And then there's respect. It's like the same, you know. It's like the same thing as politicians. They get you to vote a certain way out of out of fear. Yeah, that's not right, right? I don't want my kids to behave because they fear the consequences. I want them to understand the consequences. I want them to respect uh, my word and re- and respect who I am. Now, it does work. You're right. It works. Yeah. Um, and there probably is a, a healthy medium in there. It's probably good to spank them a couple times. I think to show them. You're the boss to teach them there's consequences to action, sure. but there's got to be a line in there too where you're crossing from uh, teaching them some lessons to now, uh, you know, this is something else. Mm-hmm. And where's that line? Well, I think this is the thing. You, you mentioned fear and respect, and this is good. Fear can be respect's sort of half cousin because <laughs> a lot of times you can't have one without the other in certain situations. Um, do I say go beat your kid every day? No. There are certain things where your children, just like anybody else in your life, will test you. Right. And yeah, yeah, gone. And you get out of you run out of options. And I'm sure before that's what it is. I was out of options. You're out of options. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. I was out of options, so that's what I resorted to. It didn't feel good. But okay, let's let's flip it. Okay. There's times when my wife is testing me. My wife is testing (laughs) me all the time. Yeah. My wife usually respects me. 
right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we can usually handle things like adults, but sometimes she just wants to push those buttons. If I grab her and put her over my knee, unless she's in a kinky mood, yeah. and I start wailing on that ass, that's not acceptable by any measures of society. And no. she's got about 100 pounds on our kid. Yeah. So why is it acceptable to do it to a defenseless six-year-old, but not my uh, smart-ass wife? Well, because... Explain that. Because your kids are... so, or You want your kids to know better, and they don't. Your wife... Is supposed to know better and might not. And I'm glad she's not here yet because if she heard me say that, she might punch me. But that's the thing is that she she's an adult. And yeah, she's an adult and it's not it's not okay to spank her, but it not. is okay to spank a child. But your there's job. No, there's no logic there. No, no, no. But your job is not to raise her. Your job is to raise those kids. And by any means necessary, get them to a place where if something should happen to you, God forbid, they can carry on later in life. That's a that's the biggest responsibility you'll ever have, bigger than any job, bigger than any financial re- obligation. So if it takes, yeah, prepare them to deal with the world. That's it, yeah, absolutely. She's already raised. Her parents have already screwed her up. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I but, think I think here's the line. Yeah. I asked, where's the line? I think the line is, it's got to be the last resort. Yes, it's yes, got to yes, be yes. the last resort. I agree with and that. And it can't. You can't be doing it out of frustration you have there has to be a method to that madness no no it can't can't just be you're you're pissed off you're angry you've had a bad day they're wearing on your last nerves you got to try everything else first yeah and you got to have what are you trying to accomplish from this yeah and it has to be about the incident that occurred not something that happened three weeks ago that you're building that you've been building up to and then you got to talk about it after exactly i I just i've always been anti-spanking i don't tell other parents what they can do and what they can't do but um I've always been anti-spanking for myself. That said, I, I spanked my first boy a couple times, and now I've spanked my second boy. Um, and if my wife ever wins the argument and we end up with a third kid, I'll probably spank that one too. I just don't feel good about it. And that's that's probably a good place to draw a line too. You should never feel good about spanking your kid. No, no, no. You, I mean, I never have. And, you know, but each time that I could say that I, I believe that I was in the right and I think she got something out of it, so... There. That's, we're, we're ask her about that later. Yeah, we will. If, if, you, if Daddy was in the right, yeah, she's. You can ask her in, ther- <laughs> in therapy. Her therapist can ask her what's going on. That, that brings me. I, I want to talk about the second kid just just briefly. Sure, I don't sure. want to make this all about my kids. No, but, go ahead. But uh, my first child. Th- this just got me thinking about science and technology and stuff. Just some thoughts I've had on it. Mm-hmm. Science is allowing us to correct everything that's wrong with us. You know, a girl has flat titties. She gets those poofed out, sure. right? Uh, I had some messed up teeth as a kid, some messed up teeth. Like my two, par- my two front teeth would be parallel to each other. They'd be talking to each other all day. They were <laughs> looking at each other, right? Yeah. Messed up, goofy-ass teeth. Sure. My parents, being good parents, were able to fix that for me. You uh-huh. know, spend the money, fix it. Now, 200 years ago, 20,000 years ago, those fucked up teeth may have prevented me from uh, finding myself a beautiful bride and procreating. And those horrible teeth genes would have died with me. But I got them fixed, found a pretty girl, (laughs) passed on those horrible genetics to my son. He's got those same awful teeth. We just had to take him to the dentist. It's going to be like $12 million to fix those teeth. We're going to do it because we love them. But then those same genetics are going to be passed on to his kid. point of what I'm getting at is natural selection and evolution for 20,000 years of human history has been natural. Mm-hmm. And now in the last 100 to 200 years with all these scientific advancements, 
we're fucking with with uh, natural selection and we're fucking with the gene pool. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know where that that's going to end. Like I saw a case uh, in I think it was China. Dude married this woman. They had babies. Yeah. And the babies were hideous. Okay. And his wife was gorgeous. <laughs> okay. Right. Yes. And this is superficial, but you can get, you can make this argument with like uh, health consequences and whatnot. Anyway, his children were hideous. He mm-hmm. sued his wife in a court of law. I think I saw this. Yeah, yeah, right. Because he found out everything about her was fake: fake titties, fake ass, <laughs> fake face, fake eyes. So she got to pass on those genetics mm-hmm. to the kids. And this is going to start happening with things like diseases and and whatnot. And we're, we're playing God, and I just wonder where that ends. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is, life is fucked up. Sometimes you end up in a bad situation. You end up with bad parents, bad hair, bad teeth, bad or breath. No, or no hair. Or no hair like me. <laughs> Fine. You have to do what you have to do to make the best of it. If that means you go and get surgery, you go and get implants you go get whatever you do it and most importantly you do it for yourself if you think you need it go get the shit if it puts you in danger you gotta take that in consideration too because people die on the operating table getting you know i think kanye's mom was one of those people that died during some sort of cosmetic whatever but if it makes you feel good about yourself and you need it to get to wherever you need to get to you got to go ahead and do it yeah i agree i agree but but what i'm saying is Mm -hmm. we are taking the reins on not nature has taken care of evolution. Yeah. It allows for the strongest genes to survive to make a species stronger. <laughs> and screwing with it. Yeah. And we're screwing with that. And I think that I, we have kids now, they have peanut allergies and, and ADD and sure. all these things that weren't around 50 years ago. And I'm wondering if our scientific technological advances are cause are consequences that we didn't foresee and i wonder what things we're going to see in 100 years that that we're not noticing now because of changes we're making you you got to you, like you said if it makes you feel better you got to do it yeah it's it's good but it's going to be interesting it how might, how it all plays out you don't know how it's going to be in the long run what yeah, it, yeah. what it what it could be screwing up no that's what i'm getting at i get it no i get it it's just everything is for the last i don't know 30 40 years has been about now you know we we come from the uh generation of mtv and microwaves and now 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 as quick as we can get it get it i want it i need it well live in the moment and and that and that and actually you could even bring that back to the 70s when everybody's doing coke and listening to disco music so that was the 70s that was last weekend man well yeah it it all comes back (laughs) but that's the thing you you can't sort of make these preparations for what you don't know later you're trying to just get through every day and every day is tough for everybody if you need a you know an extra boob in your life throw one on there you know you want your ass to blow up it's great right you know but change used to come at a snail's pace right yeah i mean from twenty thousand years a.d to 1800 not a whole lot changed about humans no and in the last 200 years <laughs> you know if, if i wanted to talk to you mm-hmm. 200 years ago i'd have to be in the room looking at you talk to you yeah. right just 200 years ago for 20,000 years if we wanted to communicate that's how it had to be mm-hmm. then you got uh then you had all of a sudden the printing press then you got the recorder then you had the telephone then you then you have cell phones now you and I can have this conversation. Anybody in the world, someone in Japan, sure. can listen to it, and they can get back to us through email. Mm-hmm. So the changes are happening faster and faster and faster, and we're probably, 
I'm guessing 20 years away from the point where we're all going to have com- computer chips in our it's head coming. and we're going to communicate telepathically yeah. and we're going to be in a world without secrets. And at that point, uh, women are going to freak out because they're going to see what fucking creeps men are because they're going <laughs> to yeah, know. They don't that, know already. Yeah. Yeah. So no. I, that's all. I'm just worried about how fast things are changing and the consequences of that. But there's nothing yeah. you can do about no, it. No, it's not. You, not. you either jump on board or you live like the Unabomber out in a cabin somewhere with, you know, yeah. you know, rent, you know, wearing one pair of underwear that you wash and then... I mean, I do that anyway. Yeah, but. you probably put them on inside out and wear them again. But anyway, but, you know, to speak of change, my folks are getting older. <laughs> and it's becoming more and more obvious to me. Um, the thing that's getting, you know... It's, making it more evident little things are important to them that i would never think about like anytime they go anywhere now they need to make sure that they have a butt pillow because (laughs) their butts are getting flatter i guess so when they sit on anything it's like but it's become like an obsession like we almost missed a flight get your mama the kardashian for christmas well that's the thing we almost missed a flight because they left their butt pillow in security. So my father goes 70-plus years old, screaming through security to get this damn butt pillow. But it's just weird how something I'm thinking is not important at all is something that they live and die by. Like, they, if they're going somewhere and they know they're going to be sitting, there's butt pillows. So I don't know what to say about that. I, it's been on my mind and it just is, I think, a sign that my parents are getting older. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got that out. I think you should get her the Kardashian special for Christmas. Pump it up. Solve that problem. <laughs> let's uh, let's go in a different direction. Okay. What else is move. going on in the world? Okay. Uh, we can. You want? Do you want to uh, put the fantasy on hold and move to something else? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll skip around. Okay. So, um, Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> your your buddy. Your <laughs> poopity scoop. Yeah. He's on. He was on Kimmel last night, defending essentially what. Well, he was talking about a lot of stuff. We found out that he watches Pornhub, which is okay. I'm a fan of that. He also likes watching the what is it, Blacked, which is a lot of uh, inter, well, it's interracial porn. It's black men on white women. Where Blacked? They, yeah, it's called Blacked. Black.com. If you're interested in that sort of thing. Um, it's black. I don't, I don't like to see black men soiling my my beautiful <laughs> Aryan women. You would, <laughs> but yeah, if you should watch it. It's, you might learn something. But he's into that. He did mention that on the show. But he did talk about how his life was building up to his stance in favor of our president, and how his life went after. And I think in the first part of the interview, he sounded actually very good. He, I think, he articulated himself well. He, for the first time that I've heard, uh, gave a reason for his stance that you may or may not agree with, but it was an understandable reason. Um, but after all that, uh, Jimmy Kimmel sort of left him speechless. It was He got into this thing about uh, coffee tables. You heard that, right? The coffee table thing? No. Do, do, you have a, do you have a quick, can we drop it in? Can yeah, we, we can it? drop it in right now. Everyone around me tried to pick my candidate for me Mm -hmm. and then told me every time I said I like Trump that I couldn't say it out loud or my career would be over. I get kicked out the black community because blacks are, we're supposed to have a monolithic thought. We can only like, we can only be Democrats and all. So I didn't have the, the confidence to take on the world and the possible backlash. And it took me a year and a half to have the confidence to stand up and put on the hat 
no matter what the consequences were. And what it represented to me is not about policies and because I'm, I'm not a politician like that, but it represent it represented overcoming fear and doing what you felt, no matter what anyone said and saying, you can't bully me. Liberals can't bully me. News can't bully me. The hip hop community, they can't bully me. Because at that point, if I'm afraid to be me, I'm no longer yay. That's what makes yay. And sometimes you just have to be fearless enough to break the simulation. And when I mean simulation, this is what I mean by the simulation. Sorry, I know you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. Simulation, a two-year-old jumps on a coffee table and someone says, that's a coffee table, don't jump on that. So it went from being something that makes him feel like Superman, he's got his cape on, to something where he has to think about this person's like a family member he doesn't like anyway. He's two years old, he doesn't give a about a coffee or a table. And he's starting to like calculate all these things. And by the time you're 40 years old, you've got a wall full of coffee tables calculating you into traffic, calculating you into your career choice, calculating you into this house, townhouse that's not quite as big as the townhouse next and it just never works. You know, that's the simulation that I'm talking. That's what I mean when I say simulation. I I think I understand what you're saying, but I might not. There are families being torn apart at the border of this country, there are, are literally families being torn apart as a result of what this president is doing. And I think that, you know, we cannot forget that whether we like his personality or or not, the, his actions are really what, what matter. I mean, you so famously and so powerfully said, George Bush doesn't care about black people. It makes me wonder what makes you think that Donald Trump does or any people at all. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back. And uh, Kanye West, he's out his gold All right, so um, I'm an artist. Okay. Kanye's an artist. You might not get that because, you know, you, you've, <laughs> your brain doesn't work that way. Okay. Coffee tables. What he's talking about is he's talking about the way society programs you and makes these rules. Everything's coffee tables. You got to do this thing this way. Or you don't fit into the world. Sure. That's what he's talking about. Maybe not the best analogy, but I followed. Kanye's the kid who gets up and dances on the coffee table. And he's saying, you know, we got to break these these stupid norms of society so that we can express ourselves. And And if Kanye, a black man, wants to support Trump, whatever his reason, whether you agree with it or not, he should not be condemned simply because he's a black man. And black guys aren't supposed to vote for Trump. You know what I mean? No. That's got, a coffee table. Now I got that part, too. Just because you're black doesn't mean you pledge your allegiance to the Democratic Party. I get that. I totally understand that. And there's reasons that you should question the Democratic Party in some instances. I get that. Um, if you're a kid, if you you know have kids or been around kids or whatever, and your kid is on a table and in company or whenever, or you just don't want the kid on the table, tell him to get his ass off the table. That's <laughs> That's just... Being, it's not necessarily you have to fit the norm. Yeah, it's protecting your child right. so he doesn't get his ass kicked later on in life. Yeah, for being but what, the what he's saying is you're 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 limiting that kid in his creativity by telling him that coffee table is not for dancing. It's not for your creative expression. And it's not. 
You're right. <laughs> You're right. And there are there are norms in society that develop out of necessity, yeah. right? Because it'd be annoying if you go over to your friend's house every day and their kids are jumping up dancing on the coffee table. Sure. So there are so it's not the best example he used. Okay? Again. But <laughs> but you you get the point. We have so many norms in society that make no goddamn sense and we just they get handed on through generation and generation. For example, here, here's one completely unrelated but better, right? Mm-hmm. You go to the beach and you will see uh, girls of all ages from 14 to 50 walking around in these thongs that are sure. just a T, right? If they bend over to pick up their sunglasses, their asshole's going to be winking at you. Mm-hmm. That's how little these bathing suits cover, right? And everybody just acts that like that's perfectly fine and wonderful because that is a societal norm that has been determined to be normal. Mm-hmm. Yet, if you go over to that girl's house and she, for whatever reason, she comes out to get the, the, the paper in the morning and mm-hmm. she thinks that nobody's up yet and you're taking a walk down the street and she's wearing her big old granny panties, her big you know, white, nasty granny panties, she's going to be embarrassed as hell, freak out and run in the house, slam the door if you see her in those granny panties, which covered way more of her body than did the thong. Sure. That's a societal norm that makes no sense. We get conditioned for, per these societal norms, and we just, we just go lock and step with them. Like the, the man wearing the tie to work, mm-hmm. right? There's another societal norm. What the fuck is the tie? It's a... Where did that come from, and why why are men still wearing them? They're stupid. They serve no purpose. Yeah, I've never understood that. They serve no purpose. If I'm angry at you in a business meeting, I can take that tie, and I can choke you to death (laughs) with that tie. It is a a useless article of clothing. It's a societal norm that we follow. Kanye is challenging us to look at these things and question them, and that's good. I sort of get it. I mean, I'm like in Jimmy Kimmel. I think I understand... I think I understand what you're saying. But ultimately, there's a lot of garbage in the second phase of what he said. Again, what was the second phase? The second phase was the table, the coffee table. The first part where he's talking about, hey, I, you know, I didn't want to be beholden to the Democratic Party because I'm black. I get that. But talking about a kid and a coffee table and all that other stuff. And then he mentioned something about a townhouse. There's he's all over the place. And then at the end of the interview, when you listen to it, He's speechless because Jimmy says, okay, I've listened to that, but what about Trump separating kids? And Kanye didn't have an answer for that. And so, you, you know, I again, I was pleased to hear that he articulated Why, why is he supposed well. to have an answer for that? Uh, so what? I mean, you supported Obama, right? Sure. Did you agree with everything Obama did? No, but the thing is... Because, is because he supports Trump, he has to agree no, no, no. with every single... He doesn't have to agree, but he should be able to say that, oh, Jimmy, in that case, I don't agree with this particular issue. If you want to be a rapper and a singer and so on, all that other stuff, it's great. If you want to get into politics, that's great too. But once you're into politics and you're asking people, or at least it appears as though you're telling people that this is who I'm attached to, you are now in politics. And so now when a political question comes your way and you can't handle it, that's not, you can't dodge it at that point anymore. If you just came on the show and said, Hey, I've never talked about politics before. I'm just a rapper. He wouldn't have got that question. Look at man. We're in a day and age where every asshole comedian, singer, musician, rapper has a political take. That's just the day and age. I remember, I remember back, back in the, 
early 2000s, you know, I'm a big Pearl Jam fan, mm-hmm. and I'd go with my brothers, and some of my brothers would say they, they were of that ilk, you know, just shut up and sing, Eddie. You know, a lot of people felt that way. Just shut up and sing, because he'd talk between songs, mm-hmm. and he'd spew his political talking points. Yeah. And I was always of the feeling, you know, like, it's it's his stage. He can say what he wants to Absolutely say, right. and sometimes as a performer, you, you might feel obligated to to say something important that's right? absolutely to true. use, and he has every to right use to do that. your stage to say something sure. important like a lot of people get mad at michael jordan that he never did that mm-hmm. right so yeah. there's a guy who never did that he's getting shit for never doing that yeah right so you're gonna have opinions it's your right if you want to share them absolutely and right. if people don't agree with them you're gonna take heat you might have to defend them but this is nothing new what is new is that you have a black guy standing up for a president that people don't think should be supported by a black guy. If he came out and in support of Hillary Clinton, this would not be a thing. This is a thing because it's a black guy supporting a president who people don't agree he should support. Well, it's not new because you're talking about people like Condoleezza Rice, right, with George Bush, and um, Colin Powell with George Bush. So those are two. It's happened before. And the thing is, is a bit that, again, they're not actors or performers or anything like that. When they were, you know, confronted on their support of the president, they had an answer. If you put yourself out there, if you're Kanye or anybody else, you need to have an answer. I, at least that's my way of thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he should be able to answer the question. Sure. Yeah. How do you feel about him separating kids? Well, I don't like that part. Did, did he answer after the break? I mean, you know, I he played don't, a little bit for me. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I'm only. Uh, uh, I only have access to what YouTube gives me, but I did not see an answer after okay. the break. Tell me about football. Football. You want okay. to talk about the Cleveland Browns? I am obsessed with the Cleveland Browns because Hard Knocks, you know, is a great show anyway, right? But. What I've been noticing, just after one episode, these are the issues. I'm going to just lay them out. So, their receiver, Callaway, who they traded Coleman for. Well, they traded Coleman so he could have room. Callaway cited for weed. That's one. Gordon, Josh Gordon, phenomenal receiver. Still not back in camp. Don't know when he'll be back. He's had drug problems. I have a feeling he may not come. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't come back. But I hope he does. Okay, you got a quarterback controversy because... In Hard Knocks and everything else, they look like they're building uh, Mayfield to take the spot. No, they're- there's no controversy. You know, Hard Knocks is a TV show. They got to build drama for ratings. Uh, Mayfield, he's going to be the guy. He, yeah, he is. But he 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 looked good. Taylor still, I think, is a better. Well, based on experience, I think he's a better quarterback. But we'll see what happens in the season. No, nah, man. In today's in today's NFL. You draft a quarterback number one. He's, he's playing. Well, most he might likely. not play. He might not be a starter week one, but he's a starter by week three or four, yeah. one way or another. So you also have dissension on the coaching staff in in during Hard Knocks. Hugh Jackson, who I think is a great coach, just in a bad bad situation, um, gets in a sort of this thing with his other coaches where he has to tell them. I guess they're complaining that injured players aren't playing, and Hugh is saying, "No, we don't want to lose them, so we're going to keep these guys out." Hugh says at some point. I'm the driver of this bus. Usually, if you're the boss and you have to say something like that, that means you're not really the boss. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. So that's what's going on. You also have Des Bryant coming to visit this week for a possible signing. So all this is going to play out on Hard Knocks. I am going to be glued to the television because there's like six or seven issues that are just jaw-dropping. I need to know what's going to happen. I mean, Hard Knocks... 
it's it's what it's thirteenth season at least. It's a good show. People love it. Sure. Um, it it's Hard Knocks is uh, most TV out there now. It's it's reality TV because it's cheap to make and uh, it's uh, drama. You know, people love it. Hard Knocks is one of the few shows that gets the reality TV right, in my opinion. They're, they're, um, it's good stuff. So, And the Cleveland Browns, they've been a dumpster fire for a couple decades. The right team to choose. What's going on? Say hello to the people. <laughs> my lovely wife just dropped in. I thought I'm not supposed to be. No, man, you're here. <laughs> yeah. How's work? It's good. What do you think about the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. No, but it, I think it's it's the best uh, sports show on TV. The Browns are fascinating. Um, I, I would love to see him s- sign Des. That just makes it even <laughs> more even juicy, more rich. <laughs> I love it. Okay, and <laughs> our guest had to leave us a minor illness. He's not feeling a little under the weather, but no, that's not what happened. Okay. Let, let me tell you what happened. Go ahead. B worked very hard all week to to bring us a very wonderful guest, a director and producer of over twenty Hollywood films. There you go. And and then he made him ill because B decided to get pineapple on our pizza, <laughs> which I I told him not to do. I said it's an insult to my Italian people to put pineapple on a pizza. It's like if I invited him to my house and I put stevia in his grape kool-aid instead of sugar it's an insult and it made our guests sick and now we got to roll with two so i hope you're ready to pull your weight because we're we're riding one shy of a yeah. full i got full cast here oh no i can pull my weight i got so much at when they tell me to haul ass i gotta make two trips remember that <laughs> so we i hope you guys can deal with the two of us we'll continue and we'll continue talking about the cleveland browns and Brownies. so the issue is with everything going on everything going on Who's draftable on the Browns for you? Well, Javaris Landry, right? Yes. He's, or, he's, or, he's or Jarvis Landry, either one of those. Is that how you say that name? Not all black people have three-syllable <laughs> names. <laughs> J. Matty, okay? All right. Some people are just Jarvis. That's it. Is it just Jarvis? Not Javaris. <laughs> Javari, Jabari, Javari. Whatever your name is. All right. right. Okay. You got him. Yes, of course. I, I would... I would I would take a flyer on Baker Mayfield, you know, as a as a backup quarterback. Okay. Um, you know, as, as a backup guy, I mean, he he's a guy who's going to get you a lot of points once he's in there. He gets he gets points, you know, running the ball, throwing the ball. Um, good a good backup quarterback on your team. Sure. Um I don't know. Who who would you take? Okay. Let's just go by position. Quarterback absolutely not. There's no I I can't risk anything on either Baker or Tyrod. You wouldn't, you wouldn't take Baker as no. your second quarterback? No, absolutely not. He's, he's a high upside guy. But there's too much value late in the draft. You can get Phillip Rivers in like the, what would that be? No, nah, he's a top 12 guy. 11, but you in the mocks, you've been able to get him in the 11th, 12th round. So I'll hold for that. Yeah, but you're going to, I mean, if, you, if Phillip Rivers is going to be a QB1 for somebody. Sure. Right? So I'm, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't take Mayfield as your second quarterback? No. Because I think I can get Philip Rivers as my second quarterback. Nah, I not think, likely. I I think he's top, he's top ten, probably, definitely top twelve. I think I can get someone like a Big Ben as my second quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, trying to tell yeah, you. You, I thought you do mock drafts. Don't we, you mock in, draft in like the, all the time in the mock. Have you ever gotten Ben? Yes. As your, no way. In the mocks, you, you're drafting with morons. No, no, right? no. In the mocks, 
Philip Rivers is gone. Let's see. That would be 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11th, 12th round. And Ben has gone that late, too. I think Philip, actually, in one case that I remember, went as late as 13. But I could, I could see Philip coming in as like the 13th quarterback, 12th, 13th quarterback, but there's 12 quarterbacks starting. Yeah. Right? You may luck out and get him as your second quarterback. That's deep. But um, you're not getting Ben as your second quarterback. But let me tell you, even if I didn't get Phillip as my second quarterback, Phillip, if I didn't get Phillip Rivers as my second quarterback, there's still a handful of quarterbacks that you would go before. I, off the top of my head, i take Mahomes ahead of them of, of Mayfield. I would take Alex Smith ahead of Mayfield, who's also going late. I'd take Matt Ryan ahead of Mayfield. Yeah, Matt Ryan is also a, a starting quarterback. Here's what you want in a backup quarterback. Okay. Right? You get your number one quarterback. Sure. Your backup quarterback, you want a high upside guy that you can get late. Like right? Mahomes. Mahomes is another one, yeah. yeah. You want a guy who's got a lot of upside. Those are those are your running quarterbacks. Those are your guys who uh, – those are your rookies. You know, guys who you can take with the last pick in, in your final round – who might uh, surprise some people? You don't want to get. You don't want to take an Alex Smith for your backup quarterback. I would gladly take Alex Smith for my backup for my QB two. If, if I if I'm stuck picking between uh, between Baker Mayfield and Alex Smith for for my starting quarterback, if I, I did a poor job and those are my choices, yeah, I'm taking Alex sure. Smith. But if we're talking about getting my backup quarterback, I'm I'm going to go with the guy with no, upside. You got to go with the best available because. Not only is Alex Smith, somebody like Alex Smith, a good, a excellent pick for you as a, a as a QB on your bench. Mm-hmm. You also have leverage in a trade. You could trade Alex Smith to someone you who's can't hurt. Trade him. Alex Smith? Sure, you can. If 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 he comes I think out, you gave yourself a pineapple pizza brain poisoning. <laughs> if he starts like he did last season, he's tradable. But anyway, going back to Cleveland, running back, I might take a shot on Hyde if. He has a defined role. Right now, he comes in as the starter, He's but there's a thought that he may split some time with Chubb. We have to figure out how serious that is before um, I would take a shot at him. Jarvis Landry is the most important man in my draft. And the reason that is is because I like... For the Browns or in the entire draft? For my draft. The way I'm looking at it. If you're someone who likes to pick two running backs off the top like I do, knowing that somebody like a Jarvis Landry, not a Javaris Landry, but a Jarvis Landry is available in round three is huge for you because you get the sort of the feel of a first round or first, you know, a, a W or wide receiver one, really. I think he, he could be. Well, he, he, he has been for That's like what I'm saying. three years in a but row. But he's been there in round three. So Jarvis Landry, I can't speak enough of him. I don't, Josh Gordon may come back. I don't, feel that he'll have a huge impact. Jarvis Landry's a no-brainer. I mean, yeah. the last three years, he's had 111, 94, sure. and 112 catches. He's so a no-brainer. He's, he's the most he's draftable the, person, I think, on the team, yeah, for obviously. Sure. But but you got you got potential at running back with the round. Now, are we talking about uh, your, a league, like uh, a fun league where you're doing 12 rounds? Are we talking about something like you know the FFPC where we're doing 20 rounds? It depends on what kind of draft you're talking about. I here. think he's there for e- for either one. I think he fits because who? Uh, Jarvis. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking. You're talking about the Browns who's oh. draftable. Oh, it depends on what kind of draft. No, you're no. Doing. I I think Jarvis has carte blanche. I think you could draft yes, him in any anyway. Of course, I'm talking Be- about the other guy. Beyond that, beyond that, ugh, it gets tough. I will say that somebody we talked about many moons ago when we first started this podcast, um, Njoku, David Njoku, the tight end. Two touchdowns yesterday. 
I've seen him go as late as 15th. <laughs> so as people try to pile on and get, you know, your Kelsey's, your Ertz's, your Rudolph's or what have you, knowing that, I mean, he's an explosive player, still drops the ball occasionally, still working on that. But I, before, weeks ago, we said he's undraftable. I think he's worth a flyer in round, somewhere in your late rounds. Well, he he's another guy who... Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the kind of draft. Let's let's in the in this discussion, we got to know what kind of draft we're talking about. So let's sure. say we're doing FFPC since that's where we're going to be in a month. That's twelve teams, twenty rounds, right? Okay. Yeah, and it's uh it's a tight end favored uh, league where the tight ends get a point and a half. So your tight ends they go. Uh, this guy he will probably go by the tenth round in that league. You That's think where he's you're talking go. about Njoku? Yeah. Okay. Now, I wasn't going to try to say that black name because I definitely <laughs> messed that one up, so I, I threw it to you. He's a guy who, who's who got a ton of potential, yes. right? So someone's going to take a flyer on him. You might see him go by the eighth round mm-hmm. in that in that league. Um, I wouldn't go that high on him just because he's, he's on the Browns and he hasn't actually done anything yet. And tight ends, historically, they take a little longer to develop. Mm-hmm. Um, but just all the guys on the Browns, like to say who's draftable in a in a – 20 round draft you're gonna see carlos hyde's gonna be taken sure and that and, yeah and nick chubb's gonna be taken you might even see duke johnson go in the 20th round mm-hmm. um, no if duke let me tell you duke johnson should go way before that duke johnson is one of those guys and i put him in the category of chris thompson with the redskins who comes in on third down has a minimal amount of carries but still delivers huge points i mean to not get the ball as much I mean, they they get the ball as few times as they do and deliver the an amount of fantasy points they routinely did last year. Uh, you got to have them, and ideally, you want them in the flex. Seventy four balls last. Year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's that's a lot, especially well, look, PPR. The the running back position always comes down to how many touches are you going to get. So if you have a guy who who gets out and catches seventy balls. Um, you know, he's got a skill that the other guys don't have. Yeah, that's a guy that's a guy that's going to get drafted. Yeah. But no, if he if he's there late, I I would take I would take commonly he's been there at about the 10th round in these mock drafts. And, and You think he, you think he goes before Chubb? I think I right now I take him before Chubb cuz people get excited about those rookie running backs until a role is defined for him. And and again, they did signed Carlos Hyde pay the money he's gonna get some carries chubb's gonna get some carries it's very murky when it comes to those two duke johnson is the only back on that team with the defined role and i'd probably take him after hyde the only reason i'd take hyde before him is that hyde is the starter and that that and that could change within minutes yeah you know if the browns were any other organization (laughs) looking at the way they went at it this offseason sure you would be talking about them like like they're a legit contender. Yeah. I mean, they went they went at it. They signed they signed a quarterback. They did for insurance, and then they went out and drafted a guy. Mm-hmm. They they drafted a, a running back. They signed a running back. They they signed a couple receivers. I mean, they made moves. Yeah. You know, they're they're operating like a team that's that's in it to win it. But they're the Browns, and that that's what's so great about Hard Knocks is that you're sitting there and they they kind of laid set the groundwork in episode one. The the coaches aren't thrilled with each other the you got you know what's coming next week is the citation of callaway for the weed okay so that's going to be a big deal 
whatever Dez does when Man, he leave, comes in. Leave them dudes alone for the weed. When when is the NFL going to catch up to the rest of the world? Yeah, it's you know they, long, they want they want them popping those opiates. Well, yeah, as long as it keeps them in the game, right? You know, oh, but that, that's <laughs> that's a little bit of NFL hypocrisy there. But anyway, the other stuff that's going on, Darius guys out for the year, big time rookie signing, big time rookie running back signing for the Redskins who struggled mightily at the running back position last year. Besides Chris Thompson, um, I think that's a huge impact because I. Having had Rob Kelly and Samaje, I'm sorry, Samaje, is it Pirine? Pirine. Man, you're racist. His mama named Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. I can't even say the man's name, right? You couldn't say Njoku. So take that. <laughs> but anyway, neither of those guys delivered in the clutch last year. Or not even in the clutch. They didn't deliver at all last year. I had them both, and they both stunk up my roster. That's who they have to go to this yeah, year unless they bring somebody else in. What's the over-under on the Redskins in Vegas as far as – wins what are they projected to do how are people viewing them because looking at their roster it's it's mm. yeah it's it's a bad deal you have a coach who's probably on the hot seat uh they just traded a quarterback who was successful for them although that did not result in wins they bring in another quarterback who people aren't excited about in alex smith i mean again late round draft for a fantasy team great a guy to lead your team maybe not so Redskins going to have some issues this year, and now that sort of is amplified by the fact they just lost their top rookie running back. For I the just year. looked it up. Their over under is at seven, and I think I'd probably take that under. I would ride that under all the way home because uh, you got you got to play you got to play the Giants twice. I mean, there's, a, there's a lot more guys on the Browns that are draftable than the Redskins. Yeah, you got to play the Giants twice. They got you know they looked at least for one run yesterday uh, with uh, Saquon Barkley looked good. You play the world champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, and you got the Cowboys, who may be right along there with them down there, just scrapping for you know seven, eight wins or whatever that is. So Alex Smith is the quarterback, right? That's and correct. Alex Smith, throughout his career, has been described as a good game manager. Sure. And what's that is code for is he sucks. <laughs> Not exciting. Yeah, he stinks. Yeah. Uh, Kansas City did decently, but Kansas City they they had some talent. Right mm-hmm. now, Alex Smith is going to a new system on a team with not a whole lot of talent. I think you're going to see a whole lot of. I would draft Chris Thompson because yes. Alex Smith yes. is a dink and dunk quarterback. Sure, and Chris Thompson is a guy who you know is going to catch a lot of three yard passes. Yeah, but Chris Thompson isn't a, may not be 100 percent till November. So that you got to you got to take that in in mind. If you had the cho- that, if I had the choice right. between so then who they got Rob Rob Kelly and yeah, it is not real pretty for those they're gonna, that's what I'm talking they're going to be signing somebody that's what's going to happen there they've got to Does DeMarc- unless they're just already Adrian Peterson in the towel oh the- god I hope not <laughs> for the Redskins um, other stuff that I see on Twitter and everything the thing that people were talking most about from what I could tell is this debate an issue involving. Uh, Jarek McKinnon and Chris McCaffrey. A debate between them? Well, not it's necessarily between them, but each they of both, them... Both have Irish last names? I don't no. see the... Individually. Do you take a shot at them? A lot, these guys are going in the second round. Are they worth it? Because there's a lot of different question marks. Uh, you know, it came out this week. McKinnon may not be the workhorse work back. Breida may be, but now Breida's banged up. McKinnon... Yeah, you know, Ron Rivera says he wants to get him twenty-five to thirty 
uh, touches a game. I don't believe that. Um, they both have, uh, I guess, in NFL terms, a diminutive uh, size to them. They're both probably, I think, about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, something like that. And there's questions about them being able to run through the tackles. Um, it especially affects McCaffrey because he plays on a team with Cam, Cam Newton, who's going to get a lot of goal line carries, who's going to maybe rip you off if you have McCaffrey on your team of some touchdowns easy inside the you know five-yard line. Uh, McKinnon, you wonder if he's going to get the goal line carries because of size. But then again, who else do the 49ers have to give the ball to? We don't know. Well, look, you, you said they're going in the, in the, the second round in, in mock drafts. Yes. Um, that, you know, in the first two rounds of, of a fantasy draft, that's, that's the foundation of your team. You want to take players who you know are going to produce. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys might produce at a second round level, but I, I would, I would not draft those guys that high. Um, based on that, I, I'm taking guys in the first two rounds who've done it before. That's now my McCa- take too. Yeah. Now, but anytime you can get a, uh, stud running back in the first two rounds, you got to take them because there's not many of them. Um, these two guys are not there yet. They may put up those numbers by the end of the year, but I, I'm not taking that chance the first two rounds. Uh, of the two of them, I would take I would take McCaffrey. Caught 80 balls last year. Um, as a rookie, he caught 80 balls. You yeah. know, that's, that's that's a lot. lot. That's a lot, especially in the PPR league. I j- the thing is, is that they brought in C.J. Anderson. I don't know what is he now like Stewart last year where he takes some of those carries. Yeah, I mean every team has more than one running back. Just because they bring in a guy doesn't mean it's going to take away from yeah, the lead guy's but, production. But, but they're Caffrey's the number one guy. Yeah, but they're different relationships. The relationship with Melvin Gordon and somebody like Austin Eckler. Melvin Gordon is going to eat. He's going to get all those carries. Eckler's going to get his shine too, but at a much lower level. See, or you know, my fear with somebody like McCaffrey would be: Is CJ going to get more of that pie, a bigger share of that pie in terms of running the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield? I don't know. I don't so, know. I mean, I don't know. That, and that's why I wouldn't take him in the second round. But uh, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't fear taking him just because they brought that guy in. Um, it's a consideration for me. For between the two of them, who would you take first? I'd take McKinnon first because. And, you know, he may not be the workhorse, but we know he's going to play on third down. McCaffrey's going to play on third down, too. The thing with McCaffrey that scares me is the goal line. Cam Newton will call his number a lot of times and will, you know, with your first two picks, if you got a back, you want some sort of assurance that he's getting the ball inside the five, at least once in that series, right? So... That yeah, that's be, true. That's, that's my true. concern with McCaffrey. That's true, but he might also catch a hundred balls this year. So I think I think you got a guy. You know, I mean, look at look at a guy like Danny Woodhead, right? He rarely ever ran the ball, but he always produced top fifteen sure. back because he sure. catch eighty balls a year. If you're going to catch eighty balls, you're going to get some you, touchdowns that way too. Yeah, it it it. There, I mean, I think McCaffrey, obviously very talented, has a role. I get it. I just could not go that high on him. Uh, you know, a second round pick. I need someone who is going to for sure get. Why a are we actually to... comparing the the two well, because of them? Are they, they, they they're slotted two... close to each other. Well, they are. They're they're both going in the second round. They're both sort of similar stories. You know, small backs, never really done it before as a lead back. Um, questions over can they run between the tackles? So that's why we sort of paired them together. Yeah, I I, m- I might take. Mc- McCaffrey like late second round maybe but I, I gotta believe 
you can get something better in the second round than both of those guys. Yeah, I I I would go someone like uh, you know Jordan Howard or even Joe Mixon possibly before those two, just because they have a bigger body. Uh, Howard has done it before. He's done it, had two you know good years with the Bears, and there's nothing that tells me he won't have another good year, even though he's going to lose some ca- catches or mm-hmm. catches or carries to uh, Tariq Cohen. Um, you want to talk about uh, Dale's movie, Compton's Finest? Yes. Oh, no, wait a minute. You made Dale sick. So uh, <laughs> what else do you want to talk about? We can keep going with fantasy. Um, this is a guy you owned, Cobb. Randall Cobb. Banged up a little bit this week. A lot of people on fantasy, this has become like a, a debate and angry people who have taken to Cobb's side saying, oh, you've got to draft him. I'm in the corner of, I don't think he's going to get the volume you need because I think Devontae Adams this year is going to be an elite player that demands a lot of targets. It's going to leave Cobb out in the cold. I think that's the whole reason they got rid of Jordy Nelson was to make room for Devontae Adams. I think it's his show. I don't see Cobb as really a guy to target this year for your fantasy draft. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I disagree, and um, here's why I disagree. Go ahead. With, with a team like the Packers, a team like the Patriots, a team where you have a stud quarterback, and I do this every year, you take those skill position players around them because these guys, Aaron's going to get them the ball. And now you, Jordy Nelson's gone, right? So you got, yeah, Devontae Adams is the main guy. You're not going to, Randall Cobb's not a, a wire one. He's, he's not going that high. Yeah. But uh, he's a guy you can get a little later. Or who's a WR1. Who's going to put, I'm sorry, what? You said a YR1, WR1. But yeah, it's right, a podcast. All right, Go ahead. Just all right. correcting it for the people. Go ahead. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, did I say his name okay? You, you did. All right. Yeah. Did you punch um, your clock when you came in? <laughs> <laughs> he um he's gonna put up some numbers. I always look for the Packers. Who's their number three? Who's their number four receiver? And I target those guys and I try to get them late because somebody usually gets hurt and then whoever slides in there they produce because Aaron Rodgers is throwing the ball. Last year, uh, who who was the guy last year? Um, well, I got I got Ty Montgomery a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, that turned out to be. A find, and last year I got uh, Geron- Geronimo Allison. Yeah, he didn't turn into much, but he I got him in a dynasty league, and he might produce this year if he's on. The, if it's a wide receiver on the Packers, you you take him right now. More so than uh, Devontae Adams taking away touches, I want to see what Jimmy Graham does because you're talking about one of the all time greatest tight ends with one of the all time greatest quarterbacks um, historically. Uh, he hasn't. Aaron Rodgers hasn't used his tight ends a whole lot, yeah. but he's not had a guy like this. So, if he becomes the number two target, that might have more of an impact on Cobb than does Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. No, and the reason, and it, it's been peculiar to me. Graham ends up with ten touchdowns last year, which I think automatically you say draft him, go get him. He he's been going lower in the mock drafts than I would have imagined. He's been going lower than like Delaney Walker. I, I thought. Where's he? Where's he going typically? He's going. Let's see. I think I've seen him. Well, I think what it is, he's been ranked low. Like maybe what would that be? Sixth, seventh, eighth, or eighth maybe. And he's he's been going yeah. there, but he's been ranked there or lower in some in some cases that I've seen. I mean, he he could do as well as being. He could be the third best tight end in football this year. I, th- I think so. I think he's worth a, a look. 
Um, you do have to take in mind that you know the Packers' history with the tight end, as you yeah, mentioned. Yeah, but again, they they haven't had a guy like this. They're gonna use they're gonna use him. He's he's a weapon. They're ten touchdowns says draft me, and if yeah. he's there when I need a tight end, I'm gonna target him, and yeah. I'm gonna target Cobb. Where's Cobb been going in the in your mock drafts? Really late, like yeah. in toward like the bench, yeah. sort of, and well, then yeah, of course, yeah, and that's a guy. That's another guy. I'll target him. I'll take him all day long for my bench. I'm staying away. Same way, especially with... Uh, I know, and that's why I, I, I usually beat you. That's not true. Well, it actually. is. It is, but uh, moving on. Let's, <laughs> uh, what happened with LeBron? Well, he, he gets on and he says, well, LeBron called him... I, I can't remember. LeBron has previously called the guy a bum and also said that Trump... What he said was Trump was trying to divide uh, the country by using sports to do so. And Trump replied, replied basically by saying that Don Lemon, who he called dumb or not smart or whatever, uh, made LeBron look smart. Look, didn't make him look smart or made him look smart, which isn't the easiest thing to do, implying, of course, that LeBron is dumb also. Um, the thing I mentioned before is this is a strategic thing where it seems, if you're a minority, that he is lashing out not only at you, but at your leaders, your the people that you hold as role models and attacking them. And meanwhile, he's basically saving his bullets when it comes to, you know, uh, white supremacists and anyone else. Uh, in the NBA, he's attacked just about every black superstar you could imagine, or, or the, the, he's, he's held his criticism exclusively for these superstars. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, Coach Greg Popovich has said stuff about him. No, no mention, no comment from Trump. Uh, Steve Kerr, another coach, has said stuff about him. No comment from Trump. So if you're a minority, what else... Can you really think about him? All right. Mm -hmm. I feel you on that. On everything you just said. Mm -hmm. I get all that. Trump is a fucking child. He has sure. he has the vocabulary and the mentality of a child. He he's a he's do you know any um what do you call them? Kids who grow up with a trust fund. He's a trust fund baby. Sure. And that's what he acts like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um he's also charismatic and people like him because he will just say dumb shit that they want to say, mm -hmm. all right? Yeah. Um, he is also a complete narcissist. And, and I, know, I know guys like this. What they want more than anything else, what Donald Trump wants more than anything else in the world is to be loved. Mm -hmm. And this, is what, this, is, this sounds corny, but stick with me. And I told this to all my Democratic friends. I said, if you listen to him in his campaigns... When he's not talking about his uh, penis size or you know <laughs> making up a new nickname for somebody, most of the a lot of the things he talks about are things that are in line with Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. Okay, he had a lot of uh, policies who were progressive. He he was he's the first president who was for gay marriage at the time when he took office. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. So this guy just wants to be loved. That's why he had, he had his reality shows. That's why. He's, he's out there. He wants to be loved. He wants to be accepted. Democrats could have used that and got this guy to doing their business. They didn't. They went after him like nobody has gone after a president before in their first few days. They acted, they acted like, you know, like Satan rose from the Middle Earth and just started <laughs> ass-fucking Mexicans and black people. Mm -hmm. That's how they, they acted. Sure. That chaotic, right? Mm -hmm. So he's not getting the love there. Where's he getting the love? from some uh, white nationalist groups. That's right. They're giving him the love. Mm -hmm. So he started playing to that audience. Yeah. Okay? And I, I get that. 
But and so what you ask, you ask, why does he not condemn Popovich, but he condemns these other sure. guys? First of all, he he does go after some white people. You've heard him go after Roseanne Barr, like n- nobody's business, right? Bef- or Rosie O'Donnell, well, I mean, before before he was um, president. Yeah, mm-hmm. he he does go after white people. They just they just don't cover it. But yes, he goes after black people harder, and it's because he's now playing to his audience a little bit. But th- doesn't that? I'm going to say this. Doesn't that make you even if you're. Portraying a racist at this level doesn't that make you a racist? I don't if, think he's portraying a racist. I think, I think he is. I think he he sees who's on his team and he's not going to piss them off. He hasn't. He. I think he said some things that could be interpreted as being racist, and sure. you kind of you judge the whole body of work, right? So you mm-hmm. might say, okay, this guy might be a little racist. So again, we've, we've been down this road. I don't know if he's racist or not. He said some things that can be interpreted that way. Um, and yeah, I get why that can make people uncomfortable. Yeah. I, I will give you that. No, I, I just think, you know, like I said, there's, there's too much, too many bits of evidence there for me. Um, and also the thing is when you're a minority and, and again, there's different kinds of minority. Not everybody thinks the same, but the, group of folks that are minorities that don't feel that everything is racist there is a certain thing that you look for i don't know if you want to call it racist radar but like a hair stands on the back of my neck when i hear trump speak because i hear words like little cult words like when you refer to black people as the blacks like their mm-hmm. furniture or like a rug or yep. whatever yep stuff like that plus the already established evidence that we've seen over the last year and a half yeah leads me to believe that's what he is okay and that that's that's fair mm-hmm. and i i understand that reaction that's fair right mm-hmm. at the same time white people are getting sick and tired of everything now if you go on social media and you just like read through everybody's racist now or sexist sure. or homophobic yeah. or transphobic and some people, and this is, this is why people gravitated towards Trump, because he's f- pushing back against that a little bit. People are sick of being called these words, racist, sexist. They're sick of it. They're sick of it, right? No, no, so I, I understand it. you as a black man, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I hate that as a thing. But yeah. Okay, you as a black man, you hear these code words and you hear the other things he says and it makes you uncomfortable. I get that. Yeah. At the same time, as a white man, mm-hmm. when when you keep hearing you're racist, you're this, you're that. No, right? it's you're absolutely so right. that it's, that it can't be is everything. Div- people are getting divided more and more and more because of this kind of rhetoric. Sure, and they're they're picking teams and they're choosing up sides. And what we need to do is we need to just talk to each other like people, right? So like, I say things now that sound more racist than I would have said 10 years ago. And I do that intentionally, mm-hmm. right? Because <laughs> I like to push buttons, number one. And number two, I I think that we're all getting pushed into these camps. And I refuse to choose a team. I'm not going to choose a team where, okay, everybody's a racist, everybody's homophobic, and I'm not going to choose this team where I'm going to be with the actual racists sure. and homophobes, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. So I go out and I say the things I say more so than I would have 10 years ago because I, I didn't feel was necessary then, right? I have always judged people for who they are. And I've, for the most part, I feel like that's how most people are. Most people do. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. Most people do. Yeah. The, the issue is, is that now... 
you know, whenever the country has been in, in, you got to pick the level of turmoil, but I would call this some, some turmoil over the last year and a half in terms of being divided. And I think we've been divided even before this, but we've typically had, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> turn on the lights. I'm listening. Go on. Yeah. We've typically had, um, someone to turn to. It's getting a little too romantic. In yeah. Here yeah, with the, yeah we were light. sitting here in the dark, dark lady and gentleman and. <laughs> You know, I, I like Maddie, but not quite like that. But, what are you, a homophobe? Well, no. I, 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 I'm accepting of everyone. Hey, can I, I need to interrupt this important discussion sure, to ahead. announce breaking I've been news. offered breaking news. Beep, 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 beep. I've been offered Theo Riddick and Danny Amendola and a second round draft pick for Rex Burkhead as a fantasy Theo expert. Riddick, Danny would you take Amendola that? for Rex. I'd hold on to Rex, even though I don't like Patriot. Um, Running backs. I don't like Patriot running backs, but Rex Burkhead has as close to a role as you can on the Patriots as a running back. Theo Riddick is in a backfield with like five other people. Carryon Johnson being a draft pick will be one of them. Um, you also still have uh, Amir Abdullah. And um, is there one other guy in there somewhere? I can't even remember who the... Yeah, but no, like, you're right. Yeah. I like the way you think. Yeah. Reject Reject it. that. All right, get back to your Trump yeah. point. But what I'm saying is with Trump, Whenever the country's been divided or had an issue, there's always been somebody to turn to. And we don't have that. And a lot of the rhetoric that... You what do you mean there's been somebody to turn to? What you... In terms of like the president or oh. a leader or some... And this is an absence by both parties. There's not mm-hmm. somebody that you can turn to, but it's yeah. more visible because... Yeah, because now it's everybody is ramping it up. Rather, sure. One thing I liked about Obama, I liked a lot of things about Obama, but one thing that was great about Obama is that he was fucking cool. Yeah. Right? And he could chill out and a you could room when it, the air was sure. getting staticky. Trump can't do that. And- yeah, I mean, whatever, man. I, I just have basically Trump fatigue. I'm, I'm just so tired <laughs> of the overreactions. Look at... Not that much... People act about Trump like he is the worst thing that ever happened to the world and really not that much has changed. He's not made a big impact one way or the other. And there this this Russia thing is just I mean come on, we've been messing with their elections for as long as can be. <laughs> They've been trying to meddle in our elections. That's just the way the world goes. No, Donald Trump doesn't give a shit about black people. He doesn't give a shit about Mexican people. He doesn't give a shit about white people. He doesn't give a shit about anyone except Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. All of our presidents, you can make the same statement. They're narcissists. You, could. you cannot get into that position without being, number one, a narcissist, and number two, a guy who's willing to play ball. Now, I, I, liked, I liked Trump better than some of the other Republican candidates and better than Hillary for the simple fact that leading up to the election, he was a guy talking about getting out of the Middle East, right? Mm-hmm. He, was, he was talking about that, like Bernie Sanders. He was talking about getting out of the Middle East. Now, that would be a significant change in the way we've been conducting business for the last 25 years. Sure. If he would have come in and gotten us out of the Middle East, yeah. he's a great president. But, but that, he... didn't, that didn't happen. Exactly. Okay. And why didn't that? And it's the same with Obama. Obama came in talking about ending uh, uh, Guantanamo Bay, ending torture. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is great. Let's do that. That didn't happen. That's true. So what happens to these guys when they get in there? What happens? Well, I think... You know, I don't can't believing a bunch of campaign promises is never a good start, and that and that's not the issue with me and our president, is that or America's president. I'll go ahead and say that. Um, the fact that as if you're a minority 
you have a distinct different feeling under Trump than you had under Obama and maybe even in some ways under George W. Bush because although people had their issues with them it was with him there was it was not of this level it was not anything close okay, yeah, I, to this level I understand you're, yeah. you're taking it to that and, and we can talk about that sure but I, I asked you a question yeah okay Re- answer restate, that question restate. why okay Obama made these promises about getting us out of because I have an answer for this question but I want to okay. hear you okay. Obama made these promises about getting us out of Guantanamo Bay stopping torture uh, blah 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 mm. lived up to none of it Trump was talking about getting us out of the Middle East he gave me hope with that if anything, we've ramped it up. Why do why does that happen? I think what happens is there's two different, and this goes for the Republicans and Democrats. There's two different people that run for office. There's the candidate, and then once the candidate is elected, you have the office holder, and there are two different people with two different goals. The candidate is trying to get an office, so in many ways, they're going to say whatever you want to hear to get them close to office. Now. If they get in office and they are successful and are able to knock down a couple of things, great. But they, that that campaign guy is not the same as the office holder guy. Uh, even though you know Guantanamo was you know not handled under Obama, there was a universal health care system that he could say, "I put my name on it." Now it's yeah, but, but being, he didn't. Well, it's, he, he he didn't give us that. It well. The beginning of the building blocks over something that had never been close in in many, many, well, ever in this country, he wrote his signature on. Now, it didn't eventually turn into the, you know, the huge success as few things do in, you know, once they start out. But he could draw a line to that and say, this was what my, a big part of what my administration was about, my tenure was about, whatever. If If he really wanted to live up to his promise, and he had the power, he could have come out, and he could have given us universal health care. Could have done it. He could have given us Medicare for all. What he gave us was, was a, a windfall. It was a giant win for insurance companies. That's, that's who won Sure. That. Well, so, so can I give you yeah, my no, answer to right my ahead. own question? Go I ahead. think, number one, you, can, you don't run for president unless you're a complete narcissist. That has something. Okay? Yes, that's I, number I one. That. Number two, you don't become president unless you play ball. It's impossible. So I don't think any of these guys really, even, going along with what you say, you said about how they say one thing, but that's yeah. just campaign promise. I don't think any of them really have any real core beliefs. I think they're say whatever they need to say, and then they're adopt whatever policies they need to adopt when they're in there to please their corporate pay daddies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cause that's, that's who's running the show is the corporate pay daddies, which takes me to, to number three is that, I don't think the president is as important as we make it out to be. I think it's important to have a president who commands respect and makes us look good, which Donald Trump doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Yeah. But the, who's running the show is the military-industrial complex. No matter who's been in there, and, and who was the president on his way out in his farewell speech, he said, beware of the military-industrial complex. Oh, uh, shit. Can't think of it right now. Okay. I'll, I'll find it. Right. Okay. 3040 Eisenhower, okay. Okay, a Republican. He said, beware of the, the military-industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Since then, the budget goes up every... Se- Donald Trump asked for an increase in the military-industrial complex. The, the Democrats could have shot it down. They didn't... Not only did they not shoot it down, they gave him what he wanted and then forced him to take more money because mm-hmm. that's who's running the show because that's who's paying for the campaigns of all these people. 
That's who's running the country. It's the military-industrial complex. Nothing has changed since Vietnam in the way we conduct business overseas. Sure. We, we fight these wars that don't need to be fought in places we have no business being. We piss off half the world. We created Al-Qaeda, <laughs> yes. and we created ISIS, and we fucking gave weapons and money to both of them. Yes. Now we have the situation in Saudi Arabia and Yemen, which we are directly involved in. So you can hate on Trump because he makes us look like an asshole with some of the tweets he sends out like a 12-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And he he doesn't say the best things about minorities, and I can understand that makes minorities uncomfortable. Um, Exactly. But I don't think he has – I don't think Obama cared about black people any more than Trump did. I would disagree with that wholeheartedly. But the thing you also have to consider – when you mentioned everybody has to play ball. And I get that. That's part of politics, part of life. You're not going to get everything you want without compromising and giving and taking and all that other stuff. My question is, who is Trump playing ball with? He's pissed off some Republicans. He's obviously pissed off some Democrats. He's pissed off minorities. What are we getting in exchange for all his vitriol? Like all his, what, what are we getting in exchange for that? Is there a payback for that? Because what are we getting? What is anybody getting off of that? Because yeah. if you're, if you're, if the, the idea, same people keep getting richer, all you gotta do is follow the money. Sure. But the thing is, it, at least you had a feeling. And I, I think that over time you could probably show that there was some results. Cause I don't think every com- president has been a complete failure. But if there was compromise from any previous president, they would get something back. And that might have been something that they could bring out to you know their the, the constituency, the people, citizens. Say, hey, this is what I got in exchange for yeah, this. Trump, Trump's trying to get some immigration policy. That's what he's trying to get back in exchange. But is the course? Is this the best course to take with his 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 action on immigration in terms of the kids being separated from parents? In terms of the the you know but see, I that, that racist whole, the, comments the whole but the, kids being separated from the parents that's just that's just another another thing the media yes kids are being separated from their parents mm-hmm. but trump didn't create that situation that that started under the obama administration because of a law that i mean I, I can't get into the the details of it because I don't know them well enough, but I know it started under the Obama administration because of some law that was passed that kids could not uh, stay with their parents, blah, 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 blah. So they just highlighted it happening under Trump, as they do with everything. And I don't, again, and and maybe this is something they didn't cover, but it would seem to me that someone would have, some word would have gotten out if... Obama was separating families. The Republicans well, would have probably weighed in and said, "Hey, look what's going on with these it was kids. happening." Let, you, you look it up post show, and we're putting yeah, it on the website. Well, even, if we have even, one, which even, we don't. Yeah, even <laughs> even Fox News. Like if that was the case, the minute this started happening, they would have done one of those rewinds to say, "Okay, here's 2008 where all these kids are being taken." When it came out, now yeah. they did all that. They showed all that. Fox News was on top of that. I, they, I they, have they, to see that. They showed the you know I wrote a I wrote a whole article for a website about the genesis of this. But you know I've I've done too many drugs in my life. I don't retain <laughs> details, so I can't just verbatim remember quote you everything. But this policy started under the Obama administration. All right. Well, we'll have to do research and get back to our point many, being many many listeners. People, people, politics have become sports, right? And it shouldn't make a goddamn difference who Kanye votes for. He shouldn't be on Jimmy Kimmel 
that shouldn't be the focus of the discussion. But we we were so divided now into these two camps, Republican and Democrat, and the truth of the matter is they're both the goddamn same. No matter who gets in there, they're fighting the same wars, they're spending more money there, they're causing more chaos over the world, getting us more enemies, killing more people, bankrupting our country, increasing the debt. It doesn't matter who's in there. Same thing. And then if they get a guy in there who isn't exactly playing ball, they they set out to ruin him, which they did with Trump. Clinton, they they they, they wanted to take down, right? They wanted to take mm-hmm. down Clinton. They were trying to get him on something with campaign finance. So they started a private investigation. They didn't find anything. But what did, what did they find out? That he was getting a little sucky-sucky. Yeah. So wrong with they that. got him for that. They're doing the same thing with Trump, right? So they're trying to get him on this Russia thing. It doesn't look like it's going to amount to anything. But they'll find something to get them on, you know, tax evasion or, or whatever, probably, you know, they're getting peed on in Russia. They'll they're find something. And the, the hilarious thing is Robert Mueller, right? Yeah. This is a guy who lied us in the war, right, in Iraq, weapons of mass destruction. Like, he, he was at the forefront of that. Like, he, he lied. He lied us into war. It's a fact. Right? You would agree. That is a fact. We got lied into those now, wars. There were no in, weapons of mass destruction. My memory, without having Google, is, is tough. But was that You've done him? too many drugs, too, huh? Yeah, probably. Was that him, or was that, like, CIA and national security? He testified that, in front of Congress. I he, watched a clip today okay. to prepare right. for this moment, because I knew we were going to talk about well, Kanye. Well, As uh, Director Tennant has pointed out, Secretary Powell presented evidence last week that Baghdad has failed to disarm its weapons of mass destruction, willfully attempting to evade and deceive the international community. Our particular concern is that Saddam Hussein may supply terrorists with biological, chemical, or radiological material. He's a war criminal. He's a legit war criminal, as is Bush, as is Cheney, as is pretty much every... Obama's a war criminal. How many... How many hundreds of innocent Drones. little brown babies yeah. did he kill people at weddings killed trump is a war criminal they're all war criminals if you want to go after him go after him for that mm-hmm. all right but we don't because because we're cool with war or not we're not cool with war but the people financing these campaigns are cool with the war because it makes them rich mm-hmm. that's who's in charge that's who's running the show yeah all right so let's let's talk about something more cheery and stuff. I I ran across these headlines on Twitter because that's my second life I, or my my real life is I just look at stuff on Twitter because it amuses me. And but, and mock drafting. And yeah, and I mock draft. I've been mock drafting the hell out of uh the uh the mock drafts lately. I've been all over it. But I ran into a couple of headlines that are really big headlines and there's a lot to be taken from them and I just I'm trying to figure out this is a we'll play a little game. Who is the asshole in this headline? Probably me. Oh, in the headline. Yeah. Well, ordinarily, that would be true. You are generally the asshole in just about everything. But in this case, here we go. All right. Headline one. Ex-stripper who tried to extort $200,000 from Mark Jackson over nude pics he sent her while he was married wins court case to have Flo Rida pay more child support to special needs son he's just seen once. Hmm. Who's the worst person 
in, in that headline. Okay, well, time out. Okay. Florida. Flo, Flo Rida. Is he's that the name of the girl? He's a he's a rapper, oh, he, man. Come on. Right, well, hey. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, so I, that, I was I was thinking we were talking about the state. All right, no. so read Flo it. I got to read it again under that understanding. Extra stripper. Yeah. 200K from Mark Jackson. Over new picks. Sam while he was married. Wins court case to have Flo Rida pay more child support. Okay, so who? it's Flo Rida's kid? It's Flo Rida's kid. That we've seen once. That and seen once. what's this have to do with Mark Jackson? Well... <laughs> what they're doing is they're tying a link to Mark Jackson. Um, she's also, I guess, tried to extort Mark Jackson. So they're, they're I guess, they're giving her an identity. He sent her nude. Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson sent her, sent her nude, nude pictures. Pics. Yes. So okay, so these are two separate stories. They're combining into one headline. I got it. <laughs> All right. Yes. So who's the biggest asshole here? Yeah. Definite. Well, hmm. That's a tough one. There. I mean, all of them, right? But. Whew. I don't know. What's your vote? That's a tough one. You know, it's tough to get past the special needs kid that you've only seen once, if that's true. So I'd have to go with Flo well, Rida. He's a, he's a rapper named Flo Rida. Correct. I'm guessing he's only seen a special need kid once. I, I'm going to take that You would at face go ahead and take that. We'll take it at face value. Yeah. Flo Rida wins that one because it's a kid and he's special needs. You've only seen him once. What's going on with you, Flo Rida? Like, what are you doing? The stripper, but extortion over a guy who obviously was planning on cheating yeah. on his what, wife. What did you? What did you say? Women, they're not. They're not always good people. Women are right? not always good people. Yeah, and yeah, this is. She's evil for sure. She's evil. She's extorting. First of all, yeah. she is this flow rider. Is that how you say it? Rider, like yeah, no rider, flow rider, rider. rider. He's a dickhead for that name alone, but. <laughs> Did she probably slept with him? Is he worth money? Is he famous? Yeah, he's a famous guy, okay. talented so she, guy. She's obviously you know? a girl who uh, tries to get pregnant from famous guys for money. So she's she's an asshole too. She she probably chewed through that condom or pulled it out of the wastebasket, <laughs> right? She's one of those. Like the yeah. So she's she's just as bad as Flo Rida. I doubt that kid gets much love from her. She's awful. Mark Jackson's the victim here. Yeah, he just so he's just a dude being bits. a dude. Yeah. yeah, I'd put him third. Yeah, I think she's second, and I think Flo Rida's first because there's a kid. In they're there. all. I mean, they're all. Yeah, it's not people good. are awful. Pretty much. Okay, second headline. Flo Are you ready? Flo Rida. Dick. All right. What kind of name is that? <laughs> okay, second headline. Sway Lee, who is oh, a singer. Yeah. Sway, Sway Lee. Sway Lee is a singer, I think. Let's play a game. Guess this person's uh, ethnicity. <laughs> Jesus, that's going to be easy. Sway Lee is black. Black? I was going to say, it's got to be like half black, half Korean. Or, or is that a real name, Sway Lee? I'm going to say no. But you know what? I don't this even is know the part if Sway where I, I say the racist things that I wouldn't have said 10 years ago. Yeah. That's, that's what I was doing there. <laughs> Sway, okay, here's the headline. Sway Lee's ex-girlfriend and Le'Veon Bell's current girlfriend replies on Instagram to Bell's ex-girlfriend saying Bell got two women pregnant at the same time and is cheating on her with two other side chicks. All right, all right, all right. All right we so got to break we this got down. Sway Lee's ex-girlfriend yeah, is, he's innocent is chatting with... Sway Lee's ex-girlfriend is Le'Veon Bell's current girlfriend... Yeah. And she's talking to Bell's ex-girlfriend. So Bell's ex-girlfriend is talking to his new girlfriend, mm -hmm. saying Bell got two women pregnant at the same time and is cheating on her with two other side chicks. Well, Bell is obviously the hero here. He's the winner because <laughs> he got two women pregnant at the same time. Yeah. That's amazing. 
And he gets to play for the Steelers. And he plays for the Steelers. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. He wins. You know, okay, so they're going to, people are going to say that Bell is the bad guy here, but why is she snitching? Like, keep your, keep his name out your mouth. If he's got two women pregnant and you're not involved in it, then. Well, because she's, she's bitter because she's being cheated on right now. Well, that's. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. If you are a hot girl okay. and you enter into a relationship with a 24, 25-year-old stud alpha male making millions of dollars playing in the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, the MLB, whatever, he's cheating on you. Uh-huh. Yeah, you accept that. <laughs> That's Remember, part Chris, of the deal. Chris Rock said a man is only as faithful as his, his options. options. Okay? Correct. He has options. This dude, this Le'Veon Bell is an alpha male. Definitely. Right? He's an alpha male. And what, what, what does alpha mean? Alpha means you're, you're the king. Uh, you know, if, if, if we're monkeys, he's fucking all wait, the wait, other wait, wait. female monkeys. Wait, what? <laughs> Le'Veon is fucking all the, all the female monkeys. Sure. And all the other beta monkeys are getting none. Right? Yeah. He's the alpha. He's just doing alpha male shit. So this uh, Sway Lee, oh, Sway Lee's the rapper, I'm sorry. The girlfriend, you got to know what you're getting into when you get into it. Yeah. So she, she's the biggest loser here for being a snitch. But who, the victim, there's a victim in here. And you know who it is? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's Sway Lee. Other than her being so his ex girlfriend, what the fuck? Why is he like? Keep my name out your mouth. Like, why is he involved in this article? He has Sway no Lee's other ex girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, Swaley Swaley's a singer. He's not the other girl. Exactly. Ex girlfriend, Lady Beyond's girl, girl. So uh, no such thing as bad press. So you know, I mean, <laughs> I never heard this guy's name until now. Yeah, there's Swaley. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, a douchebag guy. There you go. No, he. I think I was right. He looks like he might be half Korean. Yeah, maybe. Bruce Lee's kid? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think he's the victim here because he's not that popular, and now we're talking about him. I think he's the victim, but we, we press on. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've heard the expression, no such thing as bad press. Yeah, but I mean... It, it would be bad press if he actually did something bad in here. He didn't do anything bad. He just says his ex-girlfriend is just, just his name. It just gets his name out there. It didn't make an accusation but what about if, him. But what if I'm Sway Lee and I don't want you to know that my ex is now with Le'Veon Bell? Like that me and him Why, why wouldn't you want to know that? That's, that's more street cred for you. Maybe, maybe not. You don't, I mean, there's all sorts of issues. Like, like the rapper Future, he's, he still has an issue with Sierra and that's Russell Wilson. And yeah, but that, I mean, that, Sway Lee is the victim. A verdict. I gave the verdict. All right. I, I'll make the decision here. All right. Um... Uh, but uh, the girlfriend's the biggest asshole there, right? Yes. Okay. By far. Yeah. Okay. By far. Um, Ray Lewis claims... He's the biggest asshole. <laughs> I mean, he's a murderer. Well, besides that. He claims that crime actually declined when he played for the Ravens. He, well, yeah, he was crime. busy. <laughs> he was that occupied. Sense, like, I believe that. And he, you know what? He's busy working out, doing football shit. Part of it holds true. The first year he played, I think, was the highest year of, of crime or whatever, but then after that, it's dropped. Now, mm-hmm. whether or not that had anything to do with Ray is doubtful, but that's what he recently said. He said, you know... Why is he saying this? What's he talking about? He was in the Hall of Fame, and I think... It, I don't know if it was part of his Hall of Fame speech or leading up to the Hall of Fame speech or whatever, but... That's what he said. He said crime went down when he played. And I guess maybe he's saying that football brings people together and so on and so forth. But interesting comment. I think he's saying when you take a murderer out of the streets and give him a job, 
Crime goes down. Crime goes down. That That's what I get so. out of that. Um, maybe we should get a comment from his victim. Oh, wait. No, <laughs> he's not around. Sorry. I mean, th- there's, there's <laughs> another example. We're talking about societal norms, right? Ray Lewis killed somebody. <laughs> Allegedly. Right? Killed somebody. And, and now that never gets talked about. He's on, he's on all these shows. I don't know. Is he on ESPN or the NFL Network or sure. both of them? You yeah. know, making millions of dollars like, like it never happened. No. Right, we we just normalize that behavior. Same thing. Okay, there's another one. Let's go to uh, Bruce Jenner. Right. Yeah. Okay, Bruce Jenner. Uh, Caitlyn is it Caitlyn now. Caitlyn. No. Caitlyn. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Caitlyn, woman of the year. Sure. Okay. Number one, that's a slap. That's a dick slap in the face of all <laughs> women in America when you take Bruce Jenner and make him woman of the year. Yeah. That is a dick slap to all the women that, in America. That is that's number true. one. Number yeah. two, why why is he woman of the year? Why? I would like to know that. What did he do? He gave away his parts. Okay. I guess. Okay. Yeah, he, was it? Yeah, he sacrificed his dick for womanhood so that he's courageous. Okay. That's a big sacrifice. Fine. Yeah. Number three, he fucking killed somebody. Bruce Jenner? You don't even know. I had no idea. No. Did, uh, oh, the, the car accident. That's yes. right. I totally forgot. You're yes. absolutely right. Yes. He, he killed somebody. Yeah, he did. And uh, nobody talks about that? No. Right? He, he, there was, he didn't. He never apologized for it. He never really even acknowledged it. Just I totally forgot about life. it. You're absolutely right. right. So wow. uh, that's a, another social norm. We just normalized him as he's a hero. He, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's the woman of the year. He's so brave because he chopped off his dick. Um, this behavior doesn't even matter. It's superseded by his bravery. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how the, the news and how the news gets presented to us and how we just accept it and normalize it. Okay, go on. Nuts. Okay, so it got us thinking, are we going to do this with the uh, the uh, the different, the weird beliefs of uh, several of these athletes? We're going to yes. continue? Okay. So it got us thinking on just some sort of dumb beliefs of other athletes to try to, you know, just highlight them as, you know, Ray Lewis thinks that crime declined when he played, and that may be so, but there are other beliefs that we want to draw attention to and we'll start with why not start with the best basketball player in nba history michael jordan blake griffin oh michael jordan blake are you fucking kidding me right now a little bit michael jordan okay who got in front and i don't even know if this is a belief but we just threw it in there because i think it fits with other ones or it it was funny he got up in front of north carolina fans recently i think within the last several months and just basically was pumping them up, pumping up North Carolina University at a basketball pep rally or basketball game or whatever it was, and jumped up and, you know, gave inspiring chatter and said, I wish you guys nothing but best. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. Congratulations. Folks, the ceiling is the roof. When I think what he meant to say is the ceiling is the floor, you know, giving them hope that they can go even higher than what a ceiling would. But it was funny. So we have that. That's just misspeak. Yeah, that's not misspeak. Okay, so that's not the best one. But next, we also have Michael Beasley, who got in an interview with someone about the use of 
what 10% of your brain does. Like, so the common theory is that you use 10 only everyone only uses 10% of their brain. That, that's false. I mean, true when talking about Michael Beasley, but that's a, a false. That's one of those things like, uh, like, uh, the actor who shoved the gerbil in his ass. What was that guy's name? That was uh, Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Yeah. It's just one of those theories that gets out there pre-internet and then just spreads. Spreads. There's no, the 10% theory is not true. Go on. But he had an issue and will let it play. You guys can listen to it, and then we'll comment. Okay, research the human brain and all that, all right? Okay. It says that the like we are only capable of using 10% of our brain, right? Yes. You believe that? No, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. And you got to say it's true. I'm saying that's what people oh. say, that that is, that so, is the consensus so scientifically. It's the consensus scientifically. So who was the guy that used 11 that made it okay? okay to say everybody's just using 10 man should i start worrying about the laker season right now yeah because for sure he's the new laker yep yeah you know uh michael beasley <laughs> he gives pot users a bad name <laughs> he does he does i mean that's that's the that's the stereotypical pot guy right there sure you smoke the weed and he's operating on about eight percent <laughs> of, his, of his brain power you get i mean there's there's a lot of guys out there who use marijuana every day and it enhances their creativity it uh inspires them it makes them more productive then there's michael beasley okay so my thing was how how you would go from just 10 percent to 11 percent. like the extra percentage would make <laughs> yeah, don't, don't don't try and rationalize it don't. would make you so much smarter be like hey wait I'm the one guy yep. who's using 11% of his brain. Um, and he used it to figure out that you only use 10% of your brain. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he thinks free throw shooting is calculated or uh, field goal percentage. But Michael Beasley, uh, go Lakers. <laughs> um, all right, so, oh, also, next up, Dexter Manley, formerly of the Washington Redskins from the 80s, big-time defensive tackle back in the day. Um, he had, and actually we had to listen to the sound too, but he had a very interesting take on why black quarterbacks run better than non-black quarterbacks. And we'll take a listen. He goes through his progression. He reads the defense. And Robert, you know, as a quarterback, most of the black quarterbacks, they like running because they're probably used to running from the laws. And so I think more importantly is that uh, this guy has gone through his progression and he just plays well. Uh, yeah, that's going to be hard to, uh, yeah. to come after that. But I will say this about, about Kirk Cousins. He has not gotten hit at all this year. <laughs> that was a way to cover right after that, a smooth transition out of... <laughs> yeah, they, they got away from that pretty fast. Uh, I, think, I think he had to be joking. I don't think he, could, he legit meant that. Well, if you know a little bit about Dexter and how he, his past and everything, maybe you're not so sure. Dexter was always a colorful individual, <laughs> but because they've been running from the law. I, I, I think you combine that with Michael Beasley's. I think that, that's, there's probably 10% truth in that statement. I'm not going to go there with you right now. <laughs> I'm not, not going to have my NAACP card revoked. I'm not going to do that right now. Um, oh, and then lastly, one of our favorites, William Hayes, who played with the Rams, now plays with the Dolphins, has a strange about him. He believes in dinosaurs, or sorry, he believes in mermaids, but doesn't believe in dinosaurs. So this was, this was highlighted during Hard Knocks a couple years back. We have sound from that also. I don't believe in, I don't believe in dinosaurs. I just can't 
Phantom of T-Rex walking around here, you know, something man ain't never seen. No, but dinosaurs never walked the dessert. All this fairy tale stuff, you know, something that I'm not going to teach my kids about. That's it, man. You know, you do believe in mermaids. Absolutely. Why do you believe in mermaids, but not dinosaurs? Because I feel like it's like a, a large body of water that we haven't, like, you know, discovered. We find different species in the water every day. So right. Who's to say that mermaid can't be down there? So you believe in the possibility, possibility of mermaids, of, yeah, not in mermaids themselves. Absolutely. Would you have sex with a mermaid? If she's bad enough. I believe in uh, mermaids as well. I mean, the first movie my parents ever took me to was Splash. Daryl Hannah. That, I saw it. It's real, it. right? It's in a movie. It's real. If, well, if you see it in a movie, it must exist. There you go. Tom I wish Hanks. mermaids were real. All right, moving Apparently. along. Moving along. Okay. Uh. Because T.O., Terrell, Terrell, I don't ever, is it Terrell or Terrell? I've never figured that out. I'm not the expert on the Terrell. Black His mama named Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Ter- Terrell. I think it's Terrell. Terrell Owens decided not to go to his Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony because essentially the writers had kept him out wrongly for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hall of Fame supposedly is now considering making it mandatory for any future inductees to attend the festivities. And the enshrinement, I'm sorry, the enshrinement ceremony, I guess, is the most important thing. Okay. What do you think about that? Well, who owns the Hall of Fame? Is it an independent thing? Is it owned by the NFL? I, you know, that's a good, I know they have a president of it. I think they're independent. I, I think they're independent. Yeah, I mean, they can do whatever they want. They feel slighted by him. I don't blame him for not going. That's within his right. I agree they with that. They feel slighted. It makes them look bad, so they're going to make that rule. No, the thing is, I think they're just making it worse. I think... The the whole point, or what he are he told Colin Cowherd recently, was that he did not attend because it's an unfair system where these writers who a lot of times and again it's, you don't have to necessarily play the game to understand the game, but in a lot of cases have never played the game are making these decisions on someone who is deserving, and these are these are big type these are big decisions because Ter- Terrell. Is becomes a lot more marketable. Actually, I really I thought it was Terrell. Is it Terrell? That's oh, what I whatever. thought. Whatever. T T O. That's probably why it's T O. Yeah, T O. becomes a lot more marketable in terms of after you know his career in football by saying, "Hey, I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer. I can sign autographs for an hour and charge." It's a lot better pitch to a company that's looking at you for endorsements to be able to say that, and mm-hmm. for him to get robbed of that for no other reason other than these writers did not like him because that's what has been out there. And it's pretty open. Like, we did not like him. We did not vote for him to go in on the first ballot or the second. He got in. And then once he gets in, they say, oh, but please come and let us, you know, come before us and tell us how appreciative you are of this. And I, I'm with T.O. I'm glad he said fuck you to them. I'm not really uh, with T.O. I'm um, with T.O. This is kind of the same thing as the the kneeling controversy, but way, way, way less important. T.O. didn't get inducted for whatever reason, mm-hmm. right? Well, okay, how do we know it's because they didn't like him? Because that's what they said. Okay, that's, so they, they didn't yeah. like him, they didn't vote for him. It's their right not to vote for him for whatever reason. Not, no. If you're going to have... A, well, they don't. They decided not to vote for guys like Barry Bonds and Jose Canseco because of Totally steroids. different thing. If, if, no, they're, they're, they're looking at T.O. It's not that they didn't like him, it's that they didn't think he conducted himself well. He, but, with all the celebrations and the outbursts. That's and, not the mark of 
the Hall of Fame. Well, it's, the mark of the Hall of Fame is is greatness. They talk about statistics. Greatness, but it's not just statistics. It's definitely not just statistics. It's never been just statistics. It's, you know, you got you get announcers get into the Hall of Fame. It's personality. It's it's everything. It's the whole body of work. So they didn't vote for him because they didn't agree with his on-field conduct. I would have voted for him, but sure. they didn't, okay? He felt slighted by that and he's always been a baby you know he's a little bit of a baby Tio's always been he's a he's a drama queen he's a he's another narcissist he's in the trump camp okay so he's not going to go that's within his rights that makes them look bad that makes the hall of fame look bad if this is a private enterprise we don't know what it is We, we we just said we don't know but let's say it's a private enterprise that makes them look bad they're making a rule to stop that from happening in the future so everybody is Within their rights here on I all think, ends. I think it makes them equally look bad, if, if not more, or equally it might. as bad, it by, makes being, them, by being petty yeah, and might, not voting him in. Might look, it might make them look bad, but they're within their rights to do it. And the message by T.O. was clear and is a good message. He was protesting, essentially, the uh, writers and the procedure involved in electing these members in. And these are you know big-time decisions because I... I would, would you think that... A player should only be voted in based solely on his statistics? I think when you have a case like OJ, then maybe not. But What about a guy like Ray Lewis? Is he in the Hall of Fame? I think he is because he's not... Well, there you go. Then they're they're obviously hypocritical. That's that's not surprising. I mean, Ray Lewis came in on this class. Mm -hmm. Oh, Ray Lewis just got in this year? This came in in the same class. And that's my thing, is they made a point. That's, That's hypocritical. Well, there you go. Okay. But that's so the, they're hypocrites, and that's never it, been a crime. No, it's never been a crime. But I think it it validates To's position and what he stood for in this issue. I don't think To stands for anything but himself. He was butt hurt. Ah, that might be part of it. But at least what he conveyed made sense, and I support you, To. All right. Yeah, I support him too. Kanye should take a lesson from To and being you know being out there and putting his message out successfully. Really? Yeah. That, that's facetious, right? <laughs> no, I'm serious. <laughs> All right. Ta- you never next. have to worry about what T.O.'s thinking. Kanye, you don't, you have no idea. That's my quarterback. Uh, well, I mean, that was, on, a, man. that was a moment. That was a moment that he, you know, expressed. And people did. Okay. So Colin Kaepernick, we're sticking on the NFL. Uh, oh, I heard about this one. Yeah. Okay. The NFL protest theme. Uh, Colin Kaepernick. Name was bleeped out of Madden 2009. They were using a song by Big Sean where he mentions Colin Kaepernick. They bleeped his name out. Um, <laughs> EA Sports, who, who actually, you know, uh, manufactures or gives us Madden every year, said that they didn't realize that, they, or they were under the assumption they did not have the licensing rights to Colin Kaepernick's name, even though they would have him if he was a player. My thing is, why not just pick another song and avoid? Yeah, you, it was pretty stupid. Yeah. Now I, I um, I uh, I actually know the president of EA Sports. I'm gonna see him this weekend. Ask I'm him. gonna ask him about it. We can Do talk it. about it next week. But it was just, it's just, it's just stupid. Like if you don't want his name in there, it seems like it almost seems like they intentionally picked the song and bleeped him to make a point. I can't fathom any other reason yeah. for picking a song with his name. There's literally. Two million other songs <laughs> that don't have Colin Ka- Kaepernick's name in it. Yeah. So I think they, they said they were sorry, and I think they're going to change it in an upgrade. to. So 
It's so now, they're going to put his name back they're in. They're going to put his name back So in. who who made the decision to bleep the name? Where did that come from? These Some, are questions I'll, yeah, I'll ask him. Yeah, please. That would be good. You know what? You should tape record. Get him in here. Tape re- get him in here or tape record him on your phone. And I think no, I can that's not definitely not legal. <laughs> but I can see if we can <laughs> No, get I mean him interview him. Like, pull that'd, him be, in. that'd be a good pull if we get him in here. I think that's, that's your homework assignment for next week. Um, okay. Rams and Saints start the season with male cheerleaders. There's cheerleader, male cheerleaders on their squad. Maddie, I know you're itching, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and smell your fingers, Matt. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, this is just, this is just uh, political correctness run amok, right? It's just, it's out of fucking control. Here's my question. Okay. Who wants this? This okay. This is my thing. I, what I heard, and I think this is bullshit, is that someone was saying that it gives women something to look at too. While no, wh- I, no. I don't believe that shit. Who but go wants ahead. this? Women, women want to see male I, cheerleaders. That's what no. I heard is an excuse. Let's I don't go believe ask the ladies it. upstairs. Yeah. There's a definite no. No, there's the, no one wants to see that. But Here, if, here's the the but, the equivalent of this one. This is what it makes me think of. Okay, so you have. It's suddenly fashionable on college campuses now with these women's studies courses where if you have sex with a man and you decide the next day that you regret that sex, it's rape. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's what they're teaching in these women's studies courses. So, I'm sorry, if you've had even one beer, if there's alcohol involved. So, you you have tons of cases all over the country where women have consensual sex with men under the influence. Men are also under the influence. And uh, the next day, it's rape, and these boys are being kicked out of school for this. It's happening all over the place, especially mm-hmm. out here in California. That's crazy already. Sure. Now, because that is rape, there's, there's a case where a guy has done the same thing, had regrettable sex, and is prosecuting the female. Or there's, I'll go one better. There's this uh, kid who, who's the girl? Katy Perry, the singer. Yeah. She kissed a kid, right? That's right. And he was a virgin or he'd never been kissed or something. Yeah. And he claimed it was assault because he didn't want to be <laughs> kissed by Katy Perry. Sure. So you've taken a ridiculous thing already. This regrettable sex is rape. And you're making it even more ridiculous by changing it to, to the, the man, right? Yeah. Because no, no man is being assaulted by Katy Perry. That's just not possible. <laughs> so here we have a ridiculous thing, which is... The cheerleaders and equality, and now the, the cheerleaders have to, um, they can't be judged on, like a, the Miss America contest is, no longer can be about beauty, right? You know that. Yeah. Okay. The cheerleaders, everything has to change about that. And let's make it even more ridiculous and let's add, be inclusive to men. Nobody wants it. No, I don't think anyone wants it. No one, I don't think anyone wants to see it. I don't have a problem if you, you know, if it gives a couple other guys a job and, yeah, if it happens in college, which it does, then okay, fine, it's a pro. But please don't tell me that the reason you're doing it is because women who no. were fans were just beating down. They wanted to see some hot male cheerleader action. I, I don't know. You're buy doing that. it to get social brownie points to say, look how progressive we are. And it doesn't bother me at all. I, you know, whatever. I'm fine with it. Like, I'll, I'll watch it, I'll giggle at it. I think it's adorable. But, um, yeah, at least tell the truth. You're just trying to show, hey, look how progressive we are. Sure. That's all they're doing there. It's like, it's almost like when they uh, bring a woman into the booth, mm-hmm. you know, to talk about the yeah. NFL games. Not the sideline reporter, but when they get her in the booth, like, 
not quite the same because you know women are talented and some of them are good, but it's like they're forcing her in there to show how progressive they are. Yeah, I there are some legitimate female commentators out there. I sure, have to say, sure. I'm and, not. I'm not saying yeah. there's not. What I'm saying is they they force it. it. Seems forced. They well, force yeah, it to to score some points. Look how look how progressive we are. Um, I had a buddy in in college who was a cheerleader. One of my one of my best friends mm. and. Uh, you the the Duquesne Dukes, right? Yeah, and uh, he did like most straight men who get into cheerleading, they get into it, you know, because they're pervs. You know, yeah, they're, that's not the angle they're going for in the NFL. They're going for let's, you know, they're going to get the gay men who want to get out there and dance. But anyway, he got into it, and he quit his freshman year, and he did not confess to us why he quit until our senior year, and it turned out he coined the phrase slippage. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what that is without the explanation? <laughs> yeah. You know the chair pose when they throw the girl yeah. up. Yeah. yeah, he said there was slippage, and it was so humiliating to the girl and to himself. He had to quit, and that's when he decided men should never be yeah. cheerleaders. He got, he got a little stinky pinky, little thumb, a little bump. The, the chair lives this way. He got yeah, a little stinky thumb, a little bum on the thumb. <laughs> it's all good. Okay, uh, this has happened, and I, I'm trying to figure out why this bothers me. Maybe you could tell me. Okay. So my my dear wife goes out to dinner with friends, happy hour or whatever. She goes to this restaurant. The restaurant on the menu is a white owned. First of all, white owned West restaurant. Whites only. No, this is 19- white, no, white owned. It's a, it's an oh. owned by okay. white folks. It's a corporation. White sure. people own it. On the menu, they serve fried chicken, or there, there's a dish that mm-hmm. serves fried chicken, waffles, and watermelon. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's all sold so together as a combo. Mm-hmm. Why does that bother me? That if it was a black know. restaurant, why does it, it bother it would, you? I just think that it like the person who put that on the menu had to be like, <laughs> "We'll show them. Look what we're gonna do." I don't get what you're saying. I just, Fried chicken and waffles like that's are the most, one of the most delicious no, meals with the watermelon. When you add the watermelon, it becomes like a racial thing. How so? The, 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 this every saying about I'm fried chicken, you, I get it. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But why would you be uncomfortable with it? It's, it just bothered me. Oh, now this is another thing. It's just a uh, good meal. It's a good meal, but you know that when they put that on there, there had to be like some live, like <laughs> we'll show them. You know, like you know they had to do that, right? I mean, some people are completely oblivious. I don't know. I would chuckle if I saw that, <laughs> but you know. Oh, Something you won't chuckle at. What I'm not, what's getting me is a $64. That's what I was going to say, is that it that's unbelievable. costs 64 bucks. Well, they're obviously going after a dem- different demographic than, than where you're targeting the joke. No, that, I mean, but that's the thing. It's, it's in, you know, it, 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 what is it, at the Beverly Center mm. in Beverly Hills, right? But No, that's where it gets funny. Who the fuck's going to pay $64 for chicken and waffles and watermelon? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Damn. I bet you that's their, their hottest selling meal. Just because... They people go there. White folks probably go there for the black experience. <laughs> <laughs> Have some chicken and waffles and watermelon. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. Oh, uh, I Anything interrupt else? this. Okay, here we go. I Tennessee. interrupt this podcast for a trade announcement. Okay. I've been offered Corey Davis, Penny Rashad, three Rashad second. Penny. His mama named Clay. I'm gonna call him Clay. Yeah, three <laughs> second round picks and a third round pick. Okay. For Le'Veon Bell. That's a no. That would be a no, sir. This is a dynasty league, keep that, in mind. So Corey I, Davis is, could be a stud. 
Penny may be a stud and one, two, three, four draft picks in the second round and third round. Still no. No, you can't do that. Yeah. It's not only you're you're still he's still yep. Le'Veon is still although there's mileage, you're still gonna get him this year, which is gonna be value. And then whichever yeah. team he plays for next year is gonna be value. Yeah, Dynasty League or not, you gotta play to win now. Yeah, yeah every Live year. in the moment. Every year. Don't don't take a year yeah, off. You know, you're you're a goofy looking man, but you're you're wise. Yeah, be the Patriots, that. be the San Antonio Spires. Try to win every year. All right, what's trending? I just opened it up. What's trending? Wait. Really? What does trending mean? Okay. Number one, Sam Darnold. He okay. must be playing tonight. He is. He had a huge game. Of course he did. So there we go. It, does he start week one? Yep. Do you put him on your, do you target him in your draft? I already got him in both of my Dynasty, Dynasty Leagues. Dynasty Leagues. Okay, that makes both. sense. That totally yeah. makes sense. I got him, I think, in the sixth round in both of them of the yeah. rookie draft. Yeah. He, that's really late, you know? No, no, no. And I mean, it looks like he's going to start sooner than not, right? And... I would, I would, I would put him right in there with uh, Baker Mayfield. I probably, I might even take him ahead of Baker Mayfield, like as far as a a backup quarterback with a high ceiling. Sure, dynasty, yes. Redraft, probably not. That's what I was talking about there. I would take him as a backup quarterback in the same way as Baker Mayfield. Oh, same, same. Okay, yeah. Well, not me, not for redraft, but we'll, you know, we'll let the season play out. With Marshawn Lynch is trending right now. He He sat for the national anthem. Is he the first one to do it? The preseason? I think so. So far. Took a seat. Yep. Yeah, well, it's his right, and the team will deal with it however they deal with it. Uh, now, me- what's, is there a, there's a league policy on that well, now, no, though, it's Well, no, they're, they're sort of in a moratorium where they're trying to figure out a better way to address it. They stopped their action of making it mandatory. So they'll, that, that, that'll actually go by the boards, probably. But, again, I think, you know, you got two different things. It's his right to sit. It's also the organization's right to, to figure out how they're going to deal with it. And it's the league's right to figure out how they should deal with it as well. Yeah. All right. What else? Uh, Connor Cook is trending. That's not important. He's probably starting a game because, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's a backup. A mountain lion spotted inside. A vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So on my family vacation, Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of booze and some marijuana were involved, but I ended up in a two-hour debate with my brother, who's a meathead, who thinks, and shout out to my meathead brother. Meathead brother. I'm sure he'll be listening to this. He thinks he can defeat a mountain lion in a fight. What, what do you... Now, my brother, he's about he's about 5'8", probably about a 200 pounds, all, all muscle. He's... Yeah. he's He's got a he's got a East Coast gut, but he he's a personal trainer, tough guy. But I said there's a zero percent chance of that happening. Sure, I thought before this you were the dumbest person in your family. Now there's one more. Well, that's that's good to know. <laughs> so I'm moving up. <laughs> Ironically, after that conversation this week yeah. at work, I was somewhere in South Central. I'm in a patient's house, mm-hmm. right? And uh, her stupid boyfriend opens the back door, and this ferocious ferocious 105 pound pit bull came for me Jesus. after i just had this conversation like about he, how how we would how my brother would destroy this uh this uh, mountain, mountain lion yeah. and his tactics he would take i threw his advice out the window because he's talking about you got to get it by the neck blah 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 what no, i did no. here's what i did mm-hmm. 
like a hero. I jumped up on the back of the couch. That's this always thing, the best thing to do. This thing came for me hard, all teeth. This is like one of those dogs. Now, when you say fighting. came for you hard, yep, you exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> and uh, he lunged at me, and being very agile, athletic, strong, powerful, and brave, heroic, all those things. And hopped up on drugs. I uh, gave it the Karate Kid heel to the face, pow, yeah. pow, twice. Mm-hmm. It quickly recovered, grabbed my other foot with its fucking face knives nice. and just dug in. Luckily, I had a, a leather shoe on, but it punctured that shoe and it cut, cut my foot. And it held on and was just shaking. And this probably lasted 10 to 12 seconds while the owner was beating it till the owner got it off my foot. Jesus but Christ. But that's, that's the second time this year. I get attacked a couple times a year by pit bulls in South Central. Yeah. But uh, this was the biggest one that ever happened. They said it was 105 pounds. And this dog was definitely trained for fighting. So I can confirm that I could take a pit bull in a fight, but my brother could not take a mountain lion. I think... And that's what's trending. Okay, yeah, what I else? think you're both wrong, but go ahead. Do you have anything else that's trending? I think that's it. I think, I think we covered it. I think we got a... A lot of stuff in. Yeah. The dog was not here. Nope. There was He's no in, bareback blowjob talk. No. We got it out of a show without it. You want to throw one out just in uh, in memoriam? I think we got, we stockpiled them. So I think <laughs> I don't think we need any more bareback. Oh, I said it. Bareback blowjobs. But, doggy, we, we miss you. We hope you come back in one piece. Shout out to special guest, Dale. Uh, yes. We apologize for uh, B making you sick. Uh, we're having you back in other time. He didn't even have a piece of the pizza. But, yes, Dale will definitely be back. He's a great guy, great director, awesome film that's out. Went to the premiere uh, about a month back, full house at the premiere. He says it's going back in Santa Monica to theaters yes. soon. Compton's Finest. Check it out. Support Google it. Google it. Support it. Check him out. IMDB. Whatever you want to do. Um, meanwhile, uh, if we're getting close to uh, what is it? We're getting one more month. One one more month to Vegas. We have, we'll do one more show before we're in Vegas, and uh, next time we chat, we'll be talking. Obviously, it's going to intensify. There'll be probably we don't hope this to be sure, but there'll probably be an injury or two more because of all these preseason games. We'll also be heavy into mock drafting, talking about who should get. I'm going to be keeping my eye on Hard Knocks because it's like I, I I know it's a train wreck and I'm ready to see what happens in Cleveland, especially with Des coming next week. Um, all that and much much more on our next episode of My Big Black Fantasy Podcast. Maddie, last time I did not give them your email. You want to hit them with that? You can you can follow me on Facebook dot com obviously at super the super bad dad super bad okay you can follow him there also we are on twitter you could go to at my big black fp and also at b underscore mbbfp you could email us at email us at my big black fantasy podcast.com those, that's all our information, folks. Thank you for listening, as always. We appreciate it. We'll be back with more in a couple of weeks as we get ready to get even closer to this NFL fantasy season. Guys, I cannot wait. I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my shit right now. So thanks, everybody. Catch you next time. Peace. If, if mermaids turned out to be real, you're telling me you would not have sex with a mermaid? No. I mean, you it's would. It's like you an would, animal. You would, would almost have. Well, no, they're half human. 
but they're also half animal. You almost have to do it just f- for scientific reasons. You'd be a pioneer. Where would we have sex? Would we meet, like, would she, I mean, would it be like Splash, where Dude. she got legs on, or would she have her flipper no. all the time? Well, is that a traditional mermaid, or was that for the movie? I I don't know what the I traditional think, mermaid I is. I, I, I'm going to say she only always has her flipper, because if she turns in, into a full human, that makes it too easy. Then it's a definite yes, right? But if she stays fish, all half fish all the time, that complicates it. What does that fish pussy even feel like? I don't Something? know, man. I've not had sex with a fish. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying, if I'm out swimming in the ocean and a mermaid like Daryl Hannah comes swimming by, yeah. you better believe I'm getting up in there. I've, I'll be waving at my wife while I'm doing so. Oh. I think you get a pass on sex with a mermaid. Yeah, well. It's like a, if, if an alien comes down, yeah. right? You're, um, not, you're not trying to get up in there? Not with an alien either. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they might have. It might be different. Might give me, you know, a disease or something. We don't know. Yeah. Well, I guess you can get might that anyway. give you magical powers. That's true too. You don't know. That's what makes it exciting. <laughs> well, remind me not to let you go with the kids to go see. Uh, see, little, now that's little a true, That's a true racist. Now, <laughs> that is a true racist. Now, so, like, I won't have. That's not a race. There's a there's, no. That is an actual race. It's now, an like race? when we're talking about, uh, let's say. A black man who doesn't want to have sex with a white woman, like that's ever happened, but a black man doesn't want to have sex with a white woman, that's not a racist, that's a preference, because they're the same race, they're human. Sure. Now, a black man who doesn't want to sleep with a mermaid, racist. Bam. So then I should just go out and start banging the dog across the street? I mean, you're racist if no. you don't. Yeah. No, I'm just highlighting that... I, the, I learned something from you on every <laughs> podcast, I swear to God. I mean, you, you took it to uh, a logical conclusion there, so you win the argument. But Thank the you. point being, yes, a mermaid and a human are different races. A black man and a white woman are not different races. How do you tell if a girl is funk, like a mermaid is like not taking care of herself? She smells like fish anyway. That is a good question. Yeah. Um... I don't have an answer for you. Um, I mean, I think I'm probably in the majority there. I think if we polled American men and and it was a secret ballot, I think it's about 80% yes with the mermaid. I'm down with the whole cartoon sexy thing, but she's got to be human, right? I mean, she's got to at least be human. Like, I, you know, Pocahontas. I'm open-minded individual. um, The chick from uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Rabbit, um, You know, any number of them. The girl from uh what is it uh there's any number of those princesses could get it but they gotta at least be in it um, i guess i'm more open-minded and worldly than you because i i would be i mean she's 50 percent human yeah i'm open to new things 